30-minute reviews, beware of spoilers, and exploring hyperspace lanes are all available ad-free. But if you want to support the show, you can go to bewareofspoilers.com and click the support button that's available on the Spotify website. Thank you. Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I'm Adam. And I'm Peter. And we're here today for the end of 2023 top 10 list. We have a tradition where we do it a week late. Um, that way we're the only people doing it still at this point. <laughs> um, so before we get into that, so we have the, the results of last year's movie draft, which you got screwed a little bit by. Uh, by the strikes. Yeah. By the strikes. Uh, well, the strikes and also Victoria Alonso's firing impacted your your stuff. So uh, to go back through it, let me screen share it so you can see the final scores. Um, mm-hmm. I think I have a screen share button on here now. Um, screen share options. Uh, I don't know what that button is. Either way, um, <laughs> I'll just read it out. So uh, first I picked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with a Metacritic of 64 and a box office of 85. Um, your first pick was Dune Part 2, which got delayed out of 2023 into 2024. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to have a similar pick in the first round today. Um, well, that's, I think I should automatically get my delayed, we get automatically get the delayed movies. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. That's, like, I, I, I also wasn't going to pick Dune Part 2, I'm like, you're going to pick <laughs> Dune Part 2, so I guess I, I didn't even put it on my list. Um, so Dune got delayed out, your alternate took the, took the spot. Uh, that was Evil Dead Rise with a Metacritic of 69 and a box office point of, of one, uh, 15 because it's got 150 million. My second pick was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 with a Metacritic mm-hmm. of 81 and a box office of 57. Uh, your second pick was Fast X with a Metacritic of 56 and a box office of 70, which is a lot higher than I thought it was going to go. The box um, office, I think, would be good, but yeah, the Metacritic being that high is great. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, and, and that movie was not great. Um, I picked Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, one of my two misfires, uh, <laughs> with a Metacritic of 58 and a box office score of 38. Um, your third pick was Oppenheimer, um, which I think was the strongest of any pick. Uh, mm-hmm. 89 Metacritic, 95 box office. Uh, I picked Super Mario, 46 Metacritic, 100 box office, because we cap out at 100, where if it gets a billion, we get stop counting. Um, your fourth was Hunger Games, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Did you see that yet? No, I probably won't see it either. Even though oh, okay. I, it, it technically helped me if I gave money to it. Yeah, uh, 54 Metacritic, which I think is under where it should be, 26 box office. If you see my head moving in weird ways, it's just my microphone sitting on my laptop, so I gotta peer my head around to see. <laughs> um, my fifth pick was Blue Beetle, which is another misfire. 61 Metacritic, 13 box office, which I think is the lowest box office score of anything on here. Uh, and your final pick was the Marvels with a 50 Metacritic and a 20 box office. Uh, my alternate pick, which did not get used, was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, which was 86 Metacritic, 69 box office for a total of 603 points for me, 544 points for you, uh, mm-hmm. which means you get the first pick this year. So you get you get to put you get to pick Dune first. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, 
we we are going to modify the rules a little bit this year. We'll talk about that at the end when we do the new draft for for uh, for next year. But uh, only because um, I, I I forget how much lower Metacritic trends than Rotten Tomatoes. Because mm-hmm. Metacritic is an average. Rotten Tomatoes is just yes or no. So yeah, that's why I always hope Metacritic is I think more accurate or like yeah that it's it's like a bunch of scores from one to ten instead of just being positive or negative. Right, and then I I think that. That's also why you end up with like Super Mario being a forty-six. Like, I'd say it's like a six. So like, yeah, that kind of tracks. I mean, like a five. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a great movie, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was sitting at like a seventy on Rotten Tomatoes now because it was. Yeah, uh, that was the thing. I feel like a lot of people, if it doesn't go above seventy, they're like, "Oh, that movie's terrible," or "That movie's awful." It's like a six out of ten. It could still be a like an entertaining movie and like a good. Oh movie. yeah. And especially if it is a six out of ten on Metacritic, it's like it could just be the movie is meant for, like people who like that thing. Mm-hmm. Like like Five Nights at Freddy's. That movie was awful, but I'm not a Five Nights at Freddy's fan. Maybe someone who's deranged likes that movie, mm-hmm. and that that maybe that's for them. Yeah, maybe um, you watch maybe you watch an eight hour long lore video on a video game that only takes <laughs> two hours to beat. <laughs> that. That movie was so bad. At one point, they're openly plotting murder, and it's like, I don't think this is necessary for the plot. <laughs> like, it, it, that movie was bad. Um, but yeah, so I, I, and I think the Marvels was the biggest, the biggest confusion here as to how that did so poorly, because that movie was not that bad. Yeah. Do you think it's just burnout on just in general on like Marvel? I don't stuff? know if it's gonna be burnout. I know I know this year we're gonna have that like the, the allegations of superhero fatigue is are not going anywhere because this year there's five movies, three of which are Sony, all of which are gonna be terrible. Um mm-hmm. so I don't think the allegations of superhero fatigue are going anywhere. I think what happened with the Marvels was it was just they didn't market it right. Um and it's like when when you look at back at like Captain Marvel, it was like this is our first female superhero, and that movie made a billion dollars. They didn't yeah. really focus on the most fun part of the movie, which is the dynamic between Carol and Monica and Kamala. So mm-hmm. it's like it, it just kind of looked kind of generic in all the trailers, and then you see it, and it's like, oh, this is really fun. Like it's just a fun superhero movie, and not this giant thing that's tying into everything else. It's just kind of fun and entertaining it's like an hour and a half too which is fantastic Ooh, that's that is a huge bonus <laughs> like and it's not, uh, one of my favorite line reads of the entire year which is like they're falling and then they they anytime they use their powers they switch so like kamala's falling out of the sky and then her and carol switch so carol just crashes into the ground and uh fury looks down and is like oh shit it's okay it's just carol like <laughs> It's like he's really good in that movie too, which is great considering what that debacle that was secret like and Secret Invasion didn't help either. Because that was really bad. Um, the TV show. Yeah. Um but uh we have a lot of superlatives this year. I think we have the same amount as every year, but we do have uh a bunch. We have our top ten. Our top ten is really more of a top eighteen after we do the scoring. <laughs> uh we have a lot of ties. Um so why don't we start with let's get disappointment of the year out of the way first okay um then we can go right into positive after we get the disappointment out of the way uh what was your disappointment of the year mine was the last voyage of the demeter the dracula movie that came out when you suggested this category i'm like he wants to talk about last voyage of the demeter yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was so 
And the reason I put most disappointing is because it's not the worst. Because I'm sure there was worse movies that came out. Besides. Oh, definitely. Um, this was it, by itself. It was just kind of like a mediocre horror, like slasher movie. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and but for me, I I was so excited for this movie because I had just read Dracula for the first time last year, and this is one of the coolest parts of the book is the ship because the ghost ship shows up. Um, and then a wolf runs off of it, and then they go on, and everyone's dead. And the captain of the ship is found with his hands tied to the steering wheel, and he has like a diary left behind. Mm. And then you, there is like a first-person account of what went on, like on the boat with like Dracula hunting them basically as they um, go across the ocean. Um, but in the movie, it's Dracula is just kind of like this evil, like monster creature, and it's, he's like, yeah, not, I didn't like the design. Like, yeah, because I, I don't know why they did that, where it would have been cheaper, too, because they made him this, like, weird CGI monster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have just been, like... A guy. They could have changed it, obviously. They could have made it, like, a passenger ship. Because yeah. like... in the book, that's a weird thing, too. In the book, it's, like, a um, a cargo vessel. It's not There's not really anyone else on it. But right. in the, the movie, they just added, like, random people onto it. So they, they should have just went all the way and just made it, like, a cruise ship. And just right. made it, like, him, like, a passenger on it. And then you could have had Dracula being, like, fun Dracula and talking. And then him hunting people too, it it just it's a lot of missed opportunities, I think. Yeah, I, that was the thing with this, where it's like, and I didn't watch the movie, but was what's his name good in it, Corey Hawkins, because he's like he's someone. I, I first saw him as Doctor Dre in Straight Outta Compton. I think that was a lot of people's first introduction. He yeah, he was good because he played the doctor guy. I think. Yeah, he's he's great because he was also he's he's really he was in um, the Color Purple. He's really good. I mean, he's singing again in that so. You know I would say doing. he was the best part because he just his character was actually doing like interesting things throughout the movie instead of just sitting around waiting to die. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where it's like that. I remember when that movie got announced, I texted you and I was like, "This could be really cool." And then it was like the trailer came out and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, that's. I waited to. I waited. I was like, "I'm not paying to see this in theaters." I waited till it went on to a streaming thing. Oh, it went, it went to Peacock, I assume. I think uh, that's what it was because I I had Peacock for free for at least a little bit. Yeah, because I think well, I think it's a universal because it's a universal monster. So mm-hmm. that yeah, that's, and it's again, it's like why can't they just make a good one? Like why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I it's so hard for Universal to make a good like the Invisible Man was pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's it. At Lee Wannell is doing a and starts shooting this year. He's doing a Wolfman movie. Hopefully, that's, that's good. the one. The one with Anthony Hopkins is not very good. No. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed The Invisible Man. I saw that in the theater, and I don't do horror movies in the theater usually. Um, but I saw Invisible Man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Last Warriors to me it was not something that like I was pumped for that, and then the trailer dropped, and I was like, "Oh, we'll find something else to even, do that week." Like it, it was cheap jump scares. Like the gore wasn't good, and yeah. it, cause it, it so it was, it was just like mediocre across every. That's why I just think it was so disappointing because I just went in with such high expectations of what it could be. Yeah. I felt that way. There's a movie that came out last year, two years ago, called Lycan, that I felt the same way about. Like, that, that doesn't sound familiar, but... It was a werewolf movie where they marketed it like... It, it Basically, they were like, oh, this is going to be like The Witch, but with werewolves. But then it was huh. just... It was not good. And, and like, not Robert Eggers, so... You're, you're missing something there. Um, that one was also kind of racist against, uh, like, Romani people or, like, gypsies. <laughs> it was all... <laughs> it was literally about how they're, like, evil and coming into Europe and, like, right. ruining Europe. Not right that that's how it is, but right that that's what that stereotype has been yeah, it was just for like a long a, time. For years, that's been like, people have been shitting on that, and then they just yeah. make a new movie where it is that. Yeah. Um, 
I have a four-way tie for disappointment because <laughs> it was not a good year for franchise movies. I'll, I'll just say it. Uh, we touched on one already, Dial of Destiny. I, I was very optimistic because new Indiana Jones movie. Um, Harrison Ford seemed gung-ho about it, and you had um, – what was the who's the director um who did logan who's behind it and i was like that is- was i i was very just like not into this but then when you said a guy that directed logan did it i was like okay maybe yeah that could be good because logan was fantastic and even like ford versus ferrari was good um mm-hmm. yeah i did like ford versus ferrari and and th- this was just not not it um it, it's not great the action sucked and everything uh shazam fury of the gods um was another one that was a disappointment only because shazam was so good I was like, okay, this is going to be great too. Um, it's not. Uh, the Flash was another one that I didn't have much expectations for going in because I didn't like Ezra Miller going into the movie, irregardless, like, regardless of his his personal life issues going on. It was like I didn't like his portrayal of Barry Allen in Justice League. So like, it wasn't something that I was super gung ho about. But then it's like everyone's talking about, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. This is the greatest. Like Tom Cruise is saying, it's the greatest superhero movie ever. Gunn is saying, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> like Stephen King's, like I don't like superhero stuff, but this is great. It was awful, and 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 Barry doesn't actually learn a lesson in the movie, which is the other issue that I have with it. But we're not going to get into it. And uh, the last one's Quantumania, um, uh, yeah. where it, it it's just a CGI clusterfuck of a movie. Um, even though Jonathan Majors is regrettably great in that movie as Kang the Conqueror. Um, he's no longer Kang the Conqueror due to uh, <laughs> other issues. Um, but yeah. Do they so, announce a new Kang or do they? They haven't this? announced it yet. Um, but is that what they're going to do where they're going to keep Kang as the bad guy? I think they're going to keep Kang. They're just gonna re- I mean, it, it's multiversal variants. So you can just have a guy who looks slightly different and have it be him. I heard Coleman Domingo is up for it. Um. He was just in Rustin and the color purple. Um, that could be good, but yeah. And it's just how movies work. Like yeah, just recast and move people on. People are it's a, you can just recast someone. It's fine. Yeah, and and the thing is too, it's like it's not like it's something where you you there. There's a built-in thing for it, where yeah. it's like there's like a million of them from across the multiverse. Just grab another one and you're good. Yeah. They can just James Bond did too and just ignore it completely. That's what they're gonna do. They're not gonna act like oh you look different from the last time we saw you. That's what they um, should do. You don't need to ex- over-explain it. Right. It would just but be like, also, Loki gave them an out if they don't want to do Kang. Oh, and just um, use Loki again. Or is there a different character in Loki? No, what happened was at the end of Loki, Loki kind of, spoilers for Loki for anyone who cares, I know you don't, but um, like he becomes the god of the timeline. So he's just at the center of the, the world tree, kind of keeping the timelines together. And the TVA changes what they do to keep track of variants of Kang. And what they do is they say, you know, everything's under control. There was a variant of Kang in a 616 adjacent realm, and that would be Quantumania, but Ant-Man handled it. So they just, they have an out. They can just go a different direction. And the smart thing, I think, would be to just do Avengers 5 is Avengers vs. X-Men, Avengers 6 is Secret Wars. There you go. That'd be popular, too. And, and easy name for people to understand what it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, what does the Kang Dynasty mean? It doesn't. Um, so, what's your game of the year? I say looking oh. at the list like I don't already know. <laughs> My game of the year was the Resident Evil 4 remake that they did, the HD release. Because I got a new computer, so then I was able to buy a bunch of new games. And The Resident Evil series is probably my favorite video game series. There, mm-hmm. there are some absolutely awful ones, like... Um, 
five and six and some of the weird variants. Um, right. But overall, I think it's so good. I think the stories they make are so amazing. And the fourth one, it wasn't just a direct remake. They actually changed some of the story and added stuff to it. So it, it felt like a different game. Okay, good. That was my question because it got nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. And I was like, that doesn't feel like a fair thing because Resident Evil 4 is already considered by a lot of people to be one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah, it is my favorite. Before the remake, 4 is my favorite of the series. Mm -hmm. And just for probably nostalgia, the original 4 is still my favorite. But this remake was really good because they've been remaking all of them. So they they did they remade, did each day remake of 1, 2, 3, and now 4. Right. And the, the second one was really good. The third one was... Just kind of it wasn't that good so it was good they uh the fourth one is probably the best of all the remakes yeah uh i think i bought re the first resident evil but i don't think it's a remake i think it's just resident it's just evil an remaster yeah i think that's what i bought on, and on that's, steam that's very i want to replay it because the story is so good but the that's the one with the fixed third person camera oh is it you, you walk into like you enter a room and the camera's fixed and you have like depending what angle the camera is at changes like the direction of the controllers too. So oh, that's annoying. Very annoying and frustrating if you're not used to it. Yeah, I um, th that's that's kind of a blind spot for me in a lot of ways. But I do know that Resident Evil Four was considered one of the greatest games ever made, so a remake of it does make a lot of sense that it would continue to be a great game. Um, yeah. did you run into an issue with microtransactions? I know they added microtransactions to it. No, so I've, but most of my life, I've just been very good at ignoring all those, like. Yeah. So they, they for me, it was just, they'd always do it with, like, costumes and things. Um, they did have DLC, but the, I, I think the Resident Evil, the new DLCs are all worth paying for. Because mm -hmm. um, it's usually, like, another mini game that's at least, like, a three-hour campaign. Oh, that's uh, cool. And they're usually pretty fun. Like, one of the DLCs for Resident Evil 7 is just a... Uh, uh, you would just play as a melee character, so you have to actually fist fight the zombies. So it's, <laughs> it's like actually funny, but it's like fun to play too. Right. Yeah, I um, I was gonna buy it, but uh, it's expensive. Um, yeah, I think it, that got it, it. There was like a Christmas sale, and that's how I bought it. Yeah, there was a lot of games this year. Uh, that was the big issue. Is that this mm -hmm. was, in some ways, the best year for gaming, but in most other ways one of the worst years for gaming um yeah. a lot of industry consolidation lots of layoffs industry-wide it was not good all all around um but in terms of quality of games that came out this is one of the strongest years in in a very long time mm -hmm. um so it, this one kind of fell by the wayside because i never played the original i'm like let me uh focus on what was it at the time um i think you can get the original on steam for probably like under 20 bucks probably download it too because it's a game yeah, game I, if you have a dolphin you can probably play it for free um i had the allegedly the, i got resident evil 4 for the wii and i had a gun huh. attachment where it was like it was a pistol that you put the wii controller into and you had it was like a gun that you oh had. i i had world at war for the wii and i refused to use the gun attachment I'm like, i thought is, it was i thought dumb. it was the coolest thing ever <laughs> I sucked at World at War Online too. I tried, and I was just, and it's like, oh, this is not good. Um, but yeah, Actually, I, uh, the new the new Call of Duty was absolutely terrible. Oh, uh, like, Modern Warfare Three. Yeah, probably one of the laziest released games of the the year. Yeah, I I, I didn't I haven't played a Call of Duty game since 
advanced advanced warfare was the last one i bought because that one came with the remake or the remaster of the original modern warfare mm-hmm. um and that was because they said if you pay the 80 dollars, you'll get the remaster of modern warfare we're never releasing it outside of that and then <laughs> three months later they released it for 30 dollars outside of that and i was like oh cool all right not buying any more call of duty now um yeah i i bought the newest they redid the first modern warfare i got that one and that one was pretty good and then right. the other two have been just awful. Like they, the campaign isn't a real campaign. You enter an open area and then you kill all the enemies and then a, and then a cutscene will play. So there's no like story as you're playing. Well, because like that's that's the thing is that I think that what Activision has kind of realized is that the campaign doesn't matter to what they're making money on with Call of Duty, which is why I'm yeah. slightly concerned about GTA Six. Yeah, that was my big concern, but re- that's why. Uh, I think Resident Evil kind of gives hope because that that purely like uh, single player right. story mode, and, that, and there have been plenty of games like that um, where it's like Spider Man is a purely mm-hmm. single player experience. The Last of Us is a purely single player experience. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, oh yeah, that's what I want to play that one now that I have a computer that can. Hogwarts Legacy is fun. I have it for Steam. Um, very easy to forget about it though. Um, my game of the year is Hi-Fi Rush, though. Um, that was a tough choice. It was either that or Spider-Man 2. Um, mm. Because Spider-Man 2 was the first game that I played that I've played that felt like it couldn't have come out on previous-gen hardware. Um, mm-hmm. Again, haven't played Alan Wake 2, which apparently is similar. But, uh, and I didn't play Baldur's Gate 3, um, which is a lot of the game of the year. Baldur's Gate I want to get. Alan yeah. Wake I will not get because I had the original one. Mm-hmm. And then they made you pay to finish the game. And then ever since then, I was like, I'll never play this game. Oh, so, because I saw it on Epic Games on sale when I was buying Kingdom Hearts for the fourth time. And um, <laughs> they they had um, American Nightmare. So American Nightmare is the end of Alan Wake 1. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. It might be. I just, because I remember I played the original game on Xbox. Xbox 360, and then you get to the end, and then it's like, all right, buy this DLC to actually finish the game. And oh, that's like, annoying. It's on a cliffhanger, and I was like, I will never play this. I'm done. That's annoying. And then, yeah, I've held a grudge since then. And then when they released this new one, I was like, I'm not playing it. I refuse to play it. I've heard good things about it in so much as it 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 feels like, again, next-gen game. Uh, the reason the Hi-Fi Rush won it over Spider-Man and, and Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda was... Um, because of what's it called because it it came out it had no bugs it had with a stealth release in the middle of january and it's a rhythm action game that looks and plays kind of like uh a combination of like feet rhythm for final mm-hmm. fantasy mixed with beautiful joe yeah, um, I, I remember playing Beautiful Jail. Yeah, it, it looks like that, where it's like that cel-shaded kind of art style. You run around, you beat the crap out of robots and stuff. It is so fun. And you do it in beat with the music. And there's oh, licensed okay. music it's from the, like Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. And if you hit on the beat, you get an attack boost. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a really fun game. It's a really fun rhythm game. And uh, that, that stuck with me throughout the year. Um, Again, Spider-Man and Legend of Zelda were the only two that came close to unseating it. Um, and Zelda is just that fucking physics engine in that game with something else. Um, uh, did you play? You played Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yes, yeah. I have a Switch now. Oh, yeah, I, I like... For me, it's just not, not my favorite game. I like the first one better. 
the yeah. new, two new Zelda games. It was still very good though. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, for me, but... the more customization, I'm like the person that is kind of wasted on. Where I'm like, I can just skip this. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Where it's like, if the I get overwhelmed very easily if you give me a big like open world, where I'm like, yeah, all it's right, like paralysis I, by choice. Yeah, I'm gonna have. There's too much for me to do, and I'm gonna end up doing the wrong thing that they, the game doesn't want me to do, like. Which is like I, I bought um, Breath of the Wild on release day. Uh, I still have not beaten that game, but I've logged several hundred hours in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but yeah. So yeah, the Hi-Fi Rush is mine. Um, yeah. So that was my issue with Pikmin. Pikmin Four is that in Pikmin Four, if you try to explore or like go off, the game puts a literally line on the floor. Is like this is how you beat the game, and it like just directs you where to walk <laughs> beat the game. Yeah, that was. I didn't play Pikmin Four yet. Either. I played the demo. The demo was pretty cool. Um, I think three is I like much more. Than three is the best of them. I think two is the best overall. Three added a bunch of features like the co-op, where you can two people can play together and like right. go off and uh, do separate things with like groups of Pikmin. And four, if you play with two people, they just like can throw stuff. You can't like <laughs> play separately. Right. Um. Yeah, I bought one and two. I haven't installed them yet because when I was on my because that's I've gotten back into Kingdom Hearts in a major way in the last month or so, trying to hundred percent chain of memories because I'm a sadist. Um, series of the year. I have not watched your choice. I think this I picked this one for last year too. The season it's I possible. Last year. Um, so mine was the final season of Barry uh, on HBO, and. This is probably one of my favorite modern shows. I think it's only five seasons and they ended it. And it, right. it's so funny. And so it's kind of like Bojack Horseman where it's very funny. And then they kind of get serious sometimes, but in a, a realistic way. Or it mm. feels natural to the show. I know he um, goes to jail this season. That's all I know. He keeps working yeah, the, the end of the last season, he gets caught. And then he's in prison in this season. And a lot of it is like the... Even though he's the main character of the show, and I think this is kind of kind of it goes further than what Breaking Bad is with with the antihero, and mm -hmm. it's kind of the consequences of who he is kind of finally catch up, catch up to him, and like right. even though and it's like even though he still sees himself as a good person, it's what is he actually doing? Is he an actually is he actually a good person? Right. I, I'm gonna ask if it's like this uh is it like that episode of the amazing world of gumball where all of their all the things that they had done over the course of the show oh, yeah. catch up with them not to that extent it's not like <laughs> as far back reaching but it's like certain there's a big time jump too and then it's interesting like what happened there's like a like a four or five year time jump happens in the middle huh. of the season and it gets very weird and trippy. Like it's, some parts are very ambiguous, like about what's going on. So it kind of almost like Twin Peaks, where it's not really clear what's happening. It it gets very strange. Right. Yeah. That that's one of those shows where it's like I mean to watch it. Like that and Succession are yeah. two. And shows. all the episodes are only they're all half an hour long episodes too. See, that's the thing that really like and, so and you can just that might get Barry to jump the list a little bit because I got <laughs> like I'm I'm I finished the first season of The Bear, and I'm into season two when I'm not watching Dragon Ball Z, because I've, I've started Dragon Ball Z. Um, I am about to start Dragon Ball Z for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that, that is... I forgot how much filler there is in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, if you're watching on Funimation, you may be better off watching Kai, because they cut all the filler out. 
Oh, okay. I yeah. actually kind of like all the filler stuff. Yeah, because I was like, I don't remember any of this. The last time I watched it would have been when, when Kai was running in first run on Nick, uh, Nicktoon Network. But yeah, it's yeah, it's there's a lot of filler I forgot about. Mm. Um, I, I there are forty episodes in season one. I'm like th- four episodes into season two now. Um, but yeah, the bear I was one that almost made the list, but for me it was the Last of Us. The Last of Us was never gonna not be the 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 series of the year this year. Um, that was my uh, definitely my top three. Yeah, it like for me when I do this, it always comes down to what do I think had the best individual episodes, mm-hmm. and it's like that's what it usually comes down to for me. And and like last year, the reason why Andor won because there was like a four episode stretch of Andor where it's like these, this is the best hour of television of any show, and they had four of those in a row. The yeah. last of us had it similar with the finale with Left Behind, the one where there where uh, she's at the cult, and mm-hmm. and the one with um with Bill and Frank. Yes. Yeah. Like, which Nick Offman won the Emmy for last night. Because, um, like, that, and then the one with, oh, the, the, the two kids, the one who gets bitten. Like, mm-hmm. that episode's so good, too. Like, the, the show is just near perfect. Yeah. Um, and I'm someone, I didn't really like the game that much, and I love it. No, show. I didn't either. Um, but it's, that's it. I think we said it before. It's, I just don't like sneaking games. That's yes. it. it's, all on, it's all on me. It's nothing to do with the quality of the game. It's just not my type of game. Because that was the thing where it's like, I think when I got the PlayStation three, when we were, I think we were living off campus at the time that I got the PlayStation mm-hmm. three and the PlayStation four, it came with the last of us. And I was like, all right, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this. Let me try it. And I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. Um, I just kept dying immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we're, well, I'll play, I'll go back to playing kingdom hearts. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like the last of us, like this made me almost go and buy the game on steam um, to, to give it another try. But I heard the steam version was broken to all hell. So that yeah, where they got they got they got shit on for that where they yeah they did just a lazy like uh, I forgot like adaptation or something yeah the PC ports have, are not always great that's it yeah. um but yeah the last of us is definitely the best show of the year that I saw this year um now you didn't give me an honorable mention do you have an honorable mention for anything that or, you wanted to do uh, before we get into the top ten top eighteen um no not really I so my issue with the I really only saw like. 11 or 12 new movies this year. So. Well, my honorable mention is not a movie. It's a, it's a person. Oh, okay. Um, if I had to do any... Um, I do you want me to do just... mine while you think about it? Yeah, you can do yours and I'll think about mine. All right, so, so my honorable mention before we get into the, the top 10, um, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Daisy Ridley as an actress. Um, I think that the sequel trilogy has stronger talent. Um, I think John Boyega is great. Um, outside of playing Finn, I think Oscar Isaac is a, a world-class talent. Daisy Ridley, I hadn't really seen in anything besides Star Wars. This year, I saw her in two movies, and both times, she was fantastic. Um, and they're both movies that most people aren't going to really think about again. Um, sometimes I think about Dying. didn't come out yet. It comes out in two weeks, but I saw it at Sundance last year. Um, she plays a like an introverted office worker who just kind of mm-hmm. coasts through life. Um, she's really good in that, and that I'm gonna see that movie in the theater again, even though I've already seen it. Um, and the Marsh King's daughter, where she plays the daughter of this guy who kidnapped, like he kidnapped her mother, raped her, and then she gave birth to to Daisy Ridley's character, and then he brainwashed this little girl. So then they escape, and then Ben Mendelsohn's the dad, and he breaks out of prison and starts terrorizing her again. It's a, it's a solid psychological thriller. Um, but she's really good in that too. Um, 
hopefully she gets she doesn't get locked into the Star Wars trap again now that she's going back and doing this movie with uh, with Lucasfilm for um, New Jedi Order. Um, hopefully that we don't we get to see her do other stuff. But I think that like the when we talk about the acting ability of people in the Star Wars movies, like we forget that the original trilogy doesn't have like if they're not in Star Wars, we don't know who any of these people are besides Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Like it, with the there's a little bit more in the prequels. So like Natalie Portman was already big from Leon the Professional, and you know, and like you and McGregor type. And exactly, he he can act well too, and Liam Neeson's an actor, and like, but I think of the the newcomers, quote unquote, for the sequels, I think this is the strongest crop of talent because I don't think there is a weak link besides the scripts of the three movies that they started. Yeah, that's exactly. That, that's like, and it almost like the opposite is true for the originals because Mark Hamill is not a good actor. No, he's not. At least he's, he, he's a good voice actor. He does great, good voice yeah, work. He's, yeah, he became a good voice actor, but right. he's not a good actor when he's younger. He's good the trickster in, in the 90s Flash TV show. Um, but yeah, so do, do you have something you wanted to shout out as an honorable mention? Actually, I'll do another... Can I just do another video game then? Yeah, sure. I'll do the the Dead Space. Uh, the uh, Dead Space re- remake. Yeah, that was another. Even though I think just how video games, the way you play them, I don't think have changed much from mm-hmm. like 15 years ago. So now these are the perfect games to do these remasters of. The control scheme is still the same, like the two analog sticks and or yeah. sticks and stuff. Um, and they, they did the same thing where they changed the story and like expanded on it. So it's I think it's much, much better, and it's true. I think those are just, that's the scariest game ever made, too. They're I've been meaning to play it because it's included scary. in Game Pass, I think. Like in P- I think it's included in PC Game Pass because PC Game Pass gives you uh, EA Play. I've been meaning to play it. I've never played Dead Space before. It's so good, yeah. The later ones, the story gets insane, and they get horrible, but the first two are both very good. Right. Um... Yeah, I, I, that's another one that I, I wanted to play, but I haven't gotten around to yet. Um, I do know a lot of the team that worked on that went on to the Callisto Protocol, and that game was not very good. Um, it has a cool name. Yeah, uh, but I, I was very anticipated um, going into this year, and then it came out, and it just kind of was meh. Like, I think that's the big thing for video games this year, is that the, even the worst games are not... There, was, there were very few really bad games. Like, there was Gollum, there was that King Kong game. Uh, there oh, was that that, that that open openly scam game that came out like two weeks ago, um, but like the there were yeah there weren't very many huge titles that were bad. Um, yeah, yeah, they, I would at say just worst they were okay. Call of Duty. Yeah, that's probably the only one. But but if you're only playing Call of Duty for the multiplayer, then yeah, no wasn't that bad exactly. Um, so they should do it like Fortnite, where they they just do online now. Well, they have Warzone for that. That's what I'm confused yeah. about. Is I'm, I'm just saying, like, as they just kept releasing new seasons of Warzone, as they're right. trying to say they're releasing a new game, I don't think anyone would shit on them. But then they wouldn't right. make a bunch of money from buying it. Because they just... couldn't, because then they can't charge you the $60 up front to get into the yeah. game. Like, That's a crazy thing, too, is that all the Call of Duty games are all still $60, no matter yeah. what. They, like, don't put them on sale. Yeah. Like, I, the, the only company I think that could really get away with that is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, Nintendo, they don't drop their prices usually. The, the Nintendo, like once the game comes out, that's it. They actually appreciate in value um, the yeah. longer they're out. Where it's like you can't get a Pokemon game for less than seventy now if it's not mm-hmm. one that's on a current gen console and still in production. 
but I'll go on eBay and sometimes be able to get like newer games uh, mm -hmm. for a little bit off, but that's it. Yeah, I don't have like I, I just don't. I don't know. I feel like they they need to come up with a solution to this that's that's more user friendly. And I think the issue is is that as players, we've come to allow this. <laughs> like it's our own yeah, fault we're in this situation crazy. because we 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 allowed it to get to this point. Yeah, and especially pre-ordering, yes. you are paying extra to just get a game like or, digitally and or play it three days early. Yeah, and it's gonna be all buggy and not working. Exactly, and it's like my thing is like the 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 digital versus physical. I think for video games, it's better to play it digital, but mm -hmm. you run the risk of the game being unlisted. Yeah, well, I think Steam is pretty good about that. Right, once you add it to your library, it's there forever. Yeah, even if it's unlisted, like yes. you can't buy Rocket League on the Steam store anymore, but it's still in my library because I paid for it before mm -hmm. it went free to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be a fun one. So into our top 18, um, because we had some ties. Uh, we had we had two things that both of us picked, and they're reasonably high because both of us picked them. So the way that this works, uh, for anyone who doesn't remember from last year, we each submit a top 10 list. We do uh, number one is worth 10 points. Number two is worth nine points all the way down where 10 is worth one point. Uh, and then we add up the scores, and that's what we get here. Now, because we both submitted 10, we didn't have to do what we did for the DC ranking where we averaged it. This is just mm -hmm. some of the two, uh, which means we have it's bookended by a sole last place and a sole first place, but everything else is ties in the middle. Um, okay. So number 10 is the sole last place. Uh, that's mine. I picked the, the Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes um, as my number 10. I did not expect anything from this movie because I really did not like the book. Um, the book focuses too much on Snow's inner monologue because it is about Snow becoming Snow. And when mm -hmm. you have that level of inner monologue, a lot of his motivations are transparent because we know it because he's telling us. Yeah. Um, and when they cut that for the movie, it just works so much better because you, they can play it more mysterious and it works better. Um, and I realize it's a prequel, so saying this feels a little bit silly, but the the ways that they are subtle about tying things from the first, from the original four movies back to this is really smart, um, where it's like one of the recurring themes during the games is um, don't lose control of the arena. If you lose control of the arena, you will lose control of the nation, like, mm. and they illustrate that throughout. Um, I'm going to spoil this for you. I mean, I know you don't, you probably don't care, but at the end, they, when he, it, it, it's, he falls in love with his tribute from district 12, who's Lucy Gray, who's played by Rachel Zegler, who's doing a Southern accent. And I'm not entirely sure why, um, like a thick Southern accent. And I'm like, acting is all about choices and, and you made a choice there. Um, so they fall in love then he ends up in district 12 as a peacekeeper and and they're planning to run away and there's a whole thing that goes on but he gets the chance to be able to go back and resume his old life um without missing a beat and mm -hmm. she turns on him and is like mm -hmm. well you, you're not gonna do that and the way she tricks gets away from him or we don't know if she gets away if he kills her or not 
uh, is he gets bitten by a snake, so he's hallucinating. But there's a bunch of Mockingjays all flying around, and they're all singing the song that she wrote about those two people that got hung. And it's that one from the from the third movie where mm-hmm. um, the Hanging Tree, which is the big one that they they're singing when they go and attack the the uh, the what's it called the the water uh, the hydroelectric plant. Yeah, like the and it's just it's him shooting in the air while these birds are singing the song to him and i'm like that is just perfect yeah how this, yeah and it's, it's just and there was one line in the book that didn't make it into the into it that i that would have made it a little bit better where it's in the prologue where he's talking about getting dressed and it's all his inner monologue and he goes i have to be careful because if i if i let the little inconsequential things get to me in this way it'll be my undoing oh yeah and this it's it just it's it, it that movie was so much better than I thought it was going to be. So I, I figured it had to be the list. We got a two way tie at number nine. Um, oh. You picked the Pope's Exorcist. I picked the Holdovers. Um, mm. You want to go first for Pope's Exorcist because I did not see this movie. Oh yeah, so this was a uh, I guess horror movie based off a true story with um, I forget who it is. Uh, hold on. But it's based off there's this there was this guy this priest that was like the head exorcist mm-hmm. of uh, like of the Vatican and it Italians love getting exorcisms um, more than like any other country they like film huh. every little thing so this guy used to just give exorcisms all the time so Russell Crowe plays him and he has a very thick Italian accent see and that's where it kind of lost me a little bit as soon as I saw the trailer <laughs> I was like okay. Uh, <laughs> This movie, it's more funny, I guess, than anything else, because it's also historical fiction. Mm-hmm. So in this movie, they go to this church that this family's renovating, and there's possessions and everything. But then uh, they find out this is actually where the Spanish Inquisition started. And the priest that started the Spanish Inquisition was actually possessed by Satan, by one of the armed generals of hell. So actually, the Spanish Inquisition wasn't the church's fault. It was because they were being ruled by a demon and that's what actually happened. So, don't blame the church. Oh well, okay. At least it's <laughs> at least it's a rational thing. And, and you yeah. said this is a it, this is based on a true story. You said, but it's crazy <laughs> because it literally becomes a superhero movie where they they have to gather like artifacts to battle with the demons, and people are flying around, and there's like laser beams shooting out of stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> the the it's like it's one of the most fantastical horror movies horror movies I've ever seen. And it's and they just keep hitting you with like this is based this is real this is based off a true story. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like I saw that trailer for it and it was like between that and Nefarious, which was another like it was a mid April movie and I'm like, oh this can't possibly be good. It's like it's yeah. a mid April horror movie. It's not even like it's April Friday the Thirteenth where it's like all right we're gonna dump out a horror movie on Friday the Thirteenth. It's like no, it's just April. Put out the horror movie now. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I I I. I don't know. I, I would. I, I heard that accent, and I was like, "Okay." He's um, the. He's actually the best part. He actually is like really to watch. Well, yeah, because it seems like he's having fun. Like, he, like when when you have someone doing that level of accent, it's kind of it's like when you see like any of the Kenneth Branagh like um, Agatha Christie ones. You're like, "All right, he's just here to have mm-hmm. fun and a silly mustache." Like, yeah, that's what this is, and he's. He like has another Spanish priest friend that 
like as they're just running around together. Uh, like Sean Connery doing his uh, as, 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 as the, yeah, as the Spaniard. Um, yeah, I did not see the Pope's exorcist. Um, that was not something that crossed my my desk. Um, my number nine was the holdovers, which was Alexander Payne's latest movie, um, which was Paul Giamatti leads it. Divine Joy Randolph is also in it. She's really good too. And Dominic Cesa, Cesa is uh, he's the kid in mm-hmm. it. Um, this is his first acting gig ever, um, and he's just phenomenal in this movie. It's about this guy. He's a teacher at a boarding school. He um, he gets stuck keeping track of the holdovers, the, the kids who don't have a place to go over Christmas holiday, um, which in this case ends up being this one kid. Um, and, and it's about the them bonding and getting to know each other over the course of the two weeks. Um, they take a field trip to Boston. You know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of great comedic moments because um, Paul Giamatti can do that. But also, like, I've never seen a movie so perfectly encapsulate the emotion of disappointment mm-hmm. as one scene in this movie. Have you seen this or no? No, I do want to, I really like it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Know, there's like, there's a scene, on. like, midway through the movie where it just, like, the word disappointment is just encapsulated by it. Um, it, it it's heartbreaking because of what, what happens with, I'm not going to spoil it, Divine Joy Randolph's character before the movie starts and what she's dealing with through the entire thing. Um, it's just so well done. Um, mm. And it's about what better thing for Christmas than about the story of two people bonding over what is probably the most easy to bond over thing having clinical depression um that the entire movie is about it is it's fantastic it's it's really like it's one of those things where it's like on one hand it's a great time on the other hand it's it's really heartfelt and got some great emotional moments Mm -hmm. um number eight we have a two-way tie between spider-man across the spider-verse and insidious the red door yes insidious three yes five Oh, five, yeah. Well, it's the third one. <laughs> it's the third one in the the continuing story, but the fifth one overall, counting the prequels. Yeah, I've seen that kid in Insidious in two good movies, and that was Iron Man 3 and Jurassic World. Besides that, I've not seen him in a good movie. Well, now he's like 20. Well, he was in The Whale, too. Yeah. He was not good in The Whale. Though The Whale was not good in general. Yeah, this movie was not very good, but there's one thing in it that I liked a lot that put it in my top this far up, is they, uh, they the kid and the dad eat um, instant oatmeal dry, like without any water. You put it on, you put it as your number seven. And when I was little, I used to think that all the time, <laughs> but I did feel represented by this movie. Representation matters. Yeah, I mean, other parts of it were... I don't know, there were some interesting things like going back and forth between these like parallel dimensions and some of that was kind of cool but um, yeah I figure there is a door in play here somewhere because I saw a trailer for it once um they didn't give it a lot of play though like the nun too I saw the trailer for all the time but they didn't I only saw the insidious trailer like twice or three times and yeah, yeah. none is part of the conjuring universe yeah I know that yeah there's like eight or nine of those this is yeah there's a lot of those yeah um yeah this is a movie that like i saw the trailer for i'm like all right cool patrick wilson again you know he's he's cool uh, he he directed the movie too and wrote a song for the credits 
Oh. And it's that part's funny too. That's worth seeing it for. Is that a is that a good song? No. It's it sounds <laughs> like um the end of Tusk where they made that like fake dramatic song to play over. But he's serious. Oh yeah. Oh god. And it's like a very deep emotional song about like fatherhood, but it, it sounds but it just sounds like him talk singing like over it. It's like it. It sounds like Rose Byrne. Rose Burns in it for a total of like five minutes. They so they their characters get a divorce off screen, so she didn't have to be in the movie. Ah, probably for the best for her then. (laughs) Yeah, because she basically is just like, uh, I'm not like you're annoying now, because he's been like possessed by a demon and lost all his memory, and she's like, I can't deal with this. We're getting a divorce. I can't deal with your possession. Yeah. That happens in the second one. Um, he gets possessed by a demon, and now he can't remember anything. I think Insidious is the the weakest of that. The Conjuring, Sinister. I don't know why I I, I love the three of them together. It's like Insidious, Sinister, all, they're, and the Conjuring. They're all, they're all made by uh, James Wan, and they all came out within like a three year period. I think the first Insidious I like better than the first Conjuring. Um, they both. Oh, I get, love the first Conjuring. They, they both get bad. Yeah. And I'm not—I'm not a big horror person. That first Conjuring movie, I was like, "This is great." Um, yeah. Yeah, I had uh, across the Spider Verse, and you're probably confused as to why I have it this low, um, because I blew that movie um, when it came out. Um, I think it's good. I think that the opening, where it's entirely in Gwen's universe and it's got that watercolor look, is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think Spider Man. India, his world's really cool. All the spider uh, spider society stuff's really cool. The ending is where the movie kind of loses me a little bit, and not specifically mm-hmm. the again spoilers alternate universe Miles where he is um, where he's the Prowler that he comes face to face with. The fact that the movie yeah. ends like three times and it keeps going, like there are like three or four notes that the movie's like, all right, this is a good ending point, and then there's another scene after that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. enough. This movie's two and a half hours. I don't need it to go like this. Like that and and this movie doesn't have a moment like the first like the first one, there's that 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 scene where he gets his powers fully for the first time and he jumps off the yeah. building. Like that is probably one of the most iconic scenes in a comic book movie ever at this point. This movie yeah. doesn't have anything like that. Like, yeah, you get to see Insomniac Spider-Man in the movie briefly, and Yuri reprises his role, that's cool, and, and like, yeah, Donald Lover shows up in live action, like, from reprising his role from Spider-Man Homecoming, and there's archive footage that implies that we will eventually get um, Miles as Venom, and eventually Tom Holland as Venom, and, and all that kind of stuff, and it tries to fix the post credit scene from Morbius in a really weird way. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it, it, that ending is kind of where it, it puts it down a little bit for me. Um, other than that, though, the movie's fantastic. Like, everything in Gwen's universe in the beginning is great. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's all water, like, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's all done in watercolors. Like, yeah, then it goes to Miles' universe, and it's all regular. Then it goes to, um... Uh, where where Spider-Man India is, and that's all a different art style. Then it goes to, um, at the end, he's in the alternate universe, Earth-42. That's kind of like comic book cel-shaded, kind of, a little bit. Um, and it, it, it's cool, 
it's just not, you know, the, the ending is where it loses me a little bit. Um, number seven, I've actually seen your pick here. Um, Creed three and the color purple are tied. Hmm. You want to go first to Creed three? Which almost made yeah, my so list, but it got bumped off. I just watched this a couple weeks ago because I were for I was flying so much for the holidays. So then I caught yeah. up on a bunch of movies on planes. So I watched this one on a plane. Um, I think I, I liked all the Creed movies. So this one, I think I like this one better than the second one. But the first one is still my favorite of the, the Creed yeah. movie. Um, the only thing I didn't really like about this one was that they put Drago in it still. I thought that, like, not everything has to be connected, like, so... See, that's the thing. You know who Drago should have been? Drago should have been Mr. T. Yeah, they could have... There's could have been so many other callbacks they could have done without just making it a callback to the last movie. And it was, right. like, a thing people didn't like about the last movie. And the thing is, too, it's, like, when you when you look at what Damien's doing in this movie, Damien fights dirty, that's his whole thing, is that he doesn't mm -hmm. follow. That's what... Mr. T did in, in Rocky Three. He fought dirty. He's like, okay, so here we need someone who can teach you how to fight dirty. Here he is. But no, it's just Drago again. Yeah. I do like that Drago like I, I, I like that. I mean, Dragon Ball Z fan, I'm a huge fan of the the fact that everywhere he goes, the bad guy becomes the good becomes a friend yeah. <laughs> after. Like I, I do appreciate that. Like like in, in two when he goes and he becomes friends with the guy that he fought in at the end of one and it's like mm -hmm. just this thing where it's like he just gets this ever growing entourage of former enemies. Big fan of that. Um I guess that can't happen now. Even though it, it does kinda of happen at the end of this movie. But I don't no, know can't. if uh, he's gonna come back again for the fourth ones. No, Damien's gonna die in a car accident off screen. Yeah, off screen. <laughs> um but yeah, like that fight at the end of this is what was the thing that stood out like that that all-in-one take fight it was yeah that was with the the stadium and everything like that that yeah. all looked really it, they were they did boost it like the they kept from the first to the second to the third the yeah. fights gotten like bigger and bigger and you know who directed this one oh he michael b jordan did yeah, right? he directed it himself um i always think he's younger than me but he's older than i am yeah, well, I think it's just he didn't really get big. Had... Yeah, the Fruitvale Station like was twenty fourteen, right? Something like that. I don't know how old he is. But I I know Fruitvale Station was like twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, he's thirty six. I, I guess he <laughs> he's aged very well. He, I just yes. for me I thought he was younger. No, yeah, he uh, he's yeah. I think he's dating Steve Harvey's daughter too. Nice. Um, which is why it's ridiculous. You see him in that that mustache that he does sometimes. It's like, why are you doing that? Oh yeah, he's the what, Steve Harvey. Yeah, what does what does that say about him, about <laughs> about your girlfriend? Um, but yeah, I think that the uh, what's it called? This is a really good one. I bumped it out for my pick in the next number up because mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to have two fighting movies, um, which is weird considering. Oh no, I only have one comic book movie. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I I didn't want to have especially that close together. Um, and and I think that the thing that kind of took it out of my top 10 too was the fact that we're not going to see Jonathan Majors again. Yeah. Yeah. That, Cause they do set it up where it's like, Oh, they're going to be friends. Cause that ending is so strong too, where it's like, you know, he beats them and he gets in and, and, and he reclaims the title and, yeah. and that scene at the end where that with the vulnerability at the end, I love that. Cause like, that was like my favorite part of Top Gun Maverick too. That scene in the middle of the movie where he goes and talks to Iceman. Mm -hmm. Like 
that was that's the strongest part of that movie to me. This is the same thing where you get that moment at the end of the two of them like, yeah, we shouldn't have, <laughs> like you yeah, went too like far. The, I should have I should have done more to try and help you. Like it's the spirit of the original Rocky. Yeah, it's not ju- it's not just about the boxing like right movie. There's like it's the characters exactly. You you care about both of them. Mm-hmm. By by the end, even though Damien does some things in the movie that are terrible, you still end up caring caring about him. Yeah. Um, I had the color purple at number seven, which uh, there were a few musicals this year, um, that were not terrible. Um, like Wonka was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. and Wonka, speaking of Creed, does that thing that the first Creed does, where they hold off on the theme until the last possible minute. And it hits so well because they held it till the perfect moment. Like, because you're when, when you see Wonka, you, you, you anticipate they're going to play pure imagination at some point in there. Like, yeah. you, you know, it's coming. They hold it till the end of the movie and it just hits so well. Even though Timothy Chalamet, I don't know who told him he can sing. Yeah, I can't um, imagine. They, they were wrong, though. Yeah, that um, being as. That was a bad like decision. Gene Wilder trying to sing it. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, Gene Wilder only has the one song. He's not singing the entire way through the movie. Oh, I didn't know they did that. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Like, the movie opens with him singing, and you're like, oh, no. Um, yeah. For me, my, hey, there's Wonka on your list at all? No, it's not. All right. I just thought it was weird that wouldn't the old people in the original Wonka movie be talking about how Willy Wonka was like flying and like giving see that's the thing too shit. that's the and thing like, too. why, why did he get away from this, that yeah he's presented as this loner that lives inside of his factory and no one knows anything about and it's just a chocolate factory and then once they go inside it's crazy but what, no one what i think this is is this is less a, a prequel in the way of the star wars prequels i think it's more of a mm-hmm. prequel in the way of cruella okay where it's just where, like a re- it, where re- it's like it it kind of is a prequel, but also it's more inspired by mm-hmm. than it is. Like, if it ties in, great. If not, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Um, but my, my number seven was actually The Color Purple, which is a... They made a Broadway musical based on the book, or based on the movie, based on the book, then they did an adaptation of that as a movie. I've seen the miniseries, like the TV one. I have not seen that. Those I've seen ones. bits and pieces of the movie as Spielberg directed. That's not um, I've seen that one. I yeah, it's very long. Yeah, that this is this makes the list because the choreography is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, the music is great, and I think that the the production design and the costume design is great. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's just like they it it does what Wonka does, but a million times better because it feels more grounded, more colorful. Like it, it's it's. And the story's better, I think. It's it's a story about people finding small bits of happiness in just constant misery. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's and Taraji P. Henson is great. And I didn't know she could sing, which is weird because she was an empire, but, like, she's really good in that, too. Um, but yeah, The Color Purple, it's still in theaters. I would recommend, that's a good theater, like, that's a good theater movie because it's designed as a spectacle. I do um, like musicals. I might see that one. Are you going to see Mean Girls this week? No. I, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know who who saw Mean Girls and thought, you know who the main character should be? Regina George. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that that's my big issue with this watching all the trailers. I'm like, I, I think you misunderstood this movie. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not seeing that this weekend. I'm gonna see Jason Statham number thirty eight. Um No, what I've heard the Beekeeper. The Beekeeper directed by David Ayer. Um because he hasn't made a movie since Suicide Squad. Oh wow, I didn't know that was David Ayer. I thought it was just another random movie. No, that's David Ayer. Um but yeah, so number six, I've also seen this one. We're getting into a nice little stretch here where I've seen all the movies that you've that you picked. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, number six, uh, I picked The Iron Claw. You picked Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Yes, this was um, another fine movie that I saw. Yeah, I saw this one in a theater, um, <laughs> which feels. I wish like, I saw this one in theaters. Yeah, it is so good. Um, yeah. Usually, I hate the like the seventh movie is also part one of two movies. Because yeah. a lot of times it ends up just being a really boring, like, setup movie. I think but this they, is the best part one. They, um, this one, like, it, they, it was exactly what you wanted. It was re- really good action with uh, very good effects. And the thing is, too, it feels like they had a mission in this movie, and mm-hmm. they got to the end of that. There's yeah. more to come, but they, they accomplished, like, this feels like a cohesive part one. It was, yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole story. Right. Which, like, not, they didn't just make a Spider-Man movie. Right. Across the Spider-Verse is also part one, but mm. it, it feels like it's ending at a point where it's like, why couldn't you have just made this a little shorter and then just tacked on part two? Yeah. Like, it, the, the action is great in this one, too. I, I, and the thing is, too, it's like, Ving Rhames has to have the best job in Hollywood because when he's not talking about how fantastic Arby's is in all the commercials, he gets to be in Mission Impossible where he doesn't have to stand yeah, where his job is usually sitting, looking at the computers. Yeah, like, or like and, sitting he, and in he gets paid a lot to do that. <laughs> I just talked to Ethan about he, how great he and is. He's, yeah, he's been in every single one. Um, now, I haven't seen the first Mission Impossible. This is actually the second Mission Impossible I've seen. All of this so the stuff... In... The first one is really good. Um, just the end, there's like, like the the final line he says makes no sense. It's hilarious. <laughs> because... In the the first one, there's like explosive bubble, chewing gum where it's red and green, and if you smush them together, it makes a bomb. And uh-huh. then at the very end of the movie, he just screams "red light, green light," and he smushes it together, and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense at all. But the the plot is kind of convoluted, but it's entertaining. But like my my thing with it is all the backstory that they kind of laid out here in this one was that ever established before this or was that all new for this i think most movie? of it's new almost everyone they give him different uh, levels of backstory okay because kind of, like the third one he just has a wife but that's huh. never seen any other ones and i think she's his wife for the remaining ones um yeah it's the but like one of the head guys that runs the imf was the guy that runs it from the first one like they, oh, they okay. maintain a lot of that like internal structure but it is kind of funny because almost every single movie it's like he gets betrayed and then the organization thinks he's the evil guy and then they go after him and it's like why doesn't he just leave this organization if they keep betraying <laughs> him over and over again? and he keeps being right <laughs> Like it's clear that they're like he should join like another spy like organization. Yeah, there's no shortage of spy agencies in the world. They'll take his work. Um, I also did appreciate getting to see a little bit, even though it was delayed this year. We did get to see a little bit of Rebecca Ferguson running around a desert. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I did see the, the reason why I was so pumped for this. I saw Fallout, and 
that movie was great. And and this mm-hmm. one was the one that I was like, you know what? It's good. Like, I don't understand why people hate these Mission Impossible movies. It's like, it, like that and Fast and Furious, I think, are the two that I'm like, I don't understand why people hate these. They they do what they set out to do. Yeah, I don't think like, they're trying to... Like, and they, these are, compared to other... There's not a lot of other action movies that come out like this anymore that are this good. Oh, I have one up on my list a little bit higher than this. That, that begs to differ, but, you know... We'll, we'll see when we get to that. My, my number six was The Iron Claw, which I'm not going to spoil for you because this is a movie that if you don't know the story of the Von Erich brothers, uh, do not read it before seeing this movie because the way this movie is framed is just fantastic. This is a wrestling one, right? This is a wrestling movie. Yeah, this is what I was going to wait want to wait for uh, streaming to watch it. I think. Yeah, I, I saw this that. one right before Christmas. Um, don't read about the family. Uh, don't read what happened. Yeah, I know nothing about it, so yeah. I'm good at that. I just... Uh, yes, in. just get ready. This is a movie that you are going to want to watch Manchester by the Sea to be taken up a notch. And, and like... <laughs> it, it's yeah, just, a, a happy movie. Yeah, a nice happy movie after. It's This movie is just an emotional gut punch. Like, the like it is so well done. And, and I think it's a crime if Zac Efron doesn't get nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Which is a sentence that if you told me I was going to say a year ago today, I'd punch you in the face. <laughs> like, because I was talking to someone at work about it, and it's like he's got uh, a, like a younger sister like I do. And it's like the two of us, our only touchstone for Zach Efron, besides Bad Grandpa, is High School Musical. Yeah. And it's like, and, and he's seriously in contention for this. And I think Jeremy Allen White could make a strong case, too, for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, but he's the like that's the thing too is that it's like the kind of giveaway that the movie's gonna be sad is if he shows up because it's like that's not a face of a person you're gonna see in a comedy. That's yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like, that guy from, it could go either way. Yeah, but yeah, it, it see the Iron Claw. I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, but that's definitely a must see. Uh, number five, uh, John Wick Chapter Four with my pick, and Avatar: The Way of Water was your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wanna do Avatar first? Yes. Was so, another plane movie? The, no, I, I saw this one. I purposely saw this one in theaters. I was going to say, like, you I wanted to watch to. that on a plane. No. Because uh... for me, this is like when we were talking about uh, Mission Impossible and um, like the Fast and Furious movies. This, I put that, this and that like, category yeah. where it's just a big just movie. And it, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. My biggest complaint is that it, when we were, to, when I'm, it was what I was afraid Mission Impossible would be, where a lot of it is just setting up the next movie, which I think is boring a lot of the time. Yes, because um, this is very much part one of two, because the next one, where they go to the Fire Nation, is going to be, yeah. you know, and it, more but of this. I, like, I thought the water effects looked, like, the effects looked really good. Like, some of, like, the action was good, and the water avatars were fun to be with. But some of, like... The the whaling ship stuff was dumb. <laughs> like, see, that's my thing is that if you have these whales that have the secret to immortality in their brainstem, why are we fucking around with unobtainium at all? I like... know. I, I think they took too long to get to that because they just made it seem like when you're trying to colonize a planet, the first thing you do is like land your spaceships, and then the second thing you do is start whaling. It was just <laughs> it was like, them, like they didn't explain why they were whaling until much further into the movie. Yeah, just like, well, I was just they're whales here. Like, Let's just kill they, them. Why are they prioritizing whaling so much? Like, and I think it's too. Were you were you prepared for the the kid to talk to the whale and for the whale to respond and there to be subtitles? 
Because I was not. I, I like that. I was fine with that. I, I was not mentally prepared for and that. And I like that. I like that the whales had their own society. There's like whale culture and stuff, and they they're like too. There's too like uh, stubborn as well. The the whale battle was cool at the end. Um, well, then there's, there's one other. How do you how do you feel about uh about Cameron? He, being like, okay, I heard your criticisms of this being a white savior story. I heard you. I'm gonna triple down on it and make it a white super savior story. I do. Like, I appreciate that. Where he's just like, I don't care. This, yeah, these are my movies. Like, all right, whatever. Fuck and you. I'm gonna do it anyway. Like, it, did, it did end up making a shit ton of money too. So he was yeah, just exactly. Like, I don't care. I don't care anything you, like anyone says. Like, I'm just yeah. gonna keep the movies. Like, oh, okay, so we're gonna reincarnate the last girl. <laughs> like the thing. Then, also, the the thing I didn't get is. All of his Avatar children uh-huh. all grew up together, but they all have different accents, and I don't understand. How yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Also, like, why? Like, Spider was my least favorite part of the movie. He was the, the worst one, part of the movie. The one human kid. Um, how do you feel about the the impending Quaritch redemption arc? I think that at the end, I like that he saved the dad, um, mm-hmm. and that yeah, the evil general guy. That was kind of fun. Like my only thing with that, I, I like I'm not a huge fan that they kind of set it up this early. Like, it, it just kind of tells us exactly where they're going now with this character. It's like, all right, you're setting it up where he's going to be redeemed. I get what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of transparent. I'm also not particularly happy about the fact that Cameron maybe watched the third act of Titanic for a second time, this time with aliens, complete with the exact same line of dialogue as they're on the ship going under. Uh, I didn't even... I, I haven't seen Titanic in a long time. Yeah, as the ship is going under, I forgot what the line of dialogue is. Oh, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. As it's going, as it's go, they're hanging on to the back as it's going into the water. Mm-hmm. I, I literally was like, oh, fuck you. It's <laughs> like, an homage. I, I get it. But like, if, if the script worked in 1997, it'll work again here. I get it. But arguably, Titanic does not have a great script. It's an Easter um, egg. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it's an Easter egg when self-referential. Um, <laughs> self-plagiarism. Self-plagiarism. <laughs> Um, my, my number uh, five was John Wick chapter four, uh, which I don't think you've seen yet. No, Um, I've seen the three of them. I just kind of forgot this one came out. Yeah. This movie is three hours long. It does not feel three hours long. There are multiple 40 minute long set pieces of just continuous action. And it's, it's just phenomenal. Like there's a fight through the streets of uh through of Paris as he's getting thrown off of cars, he has to climb the staircase. He gets to the top. He gets kicked. He rolls all the way down in a continuous thirty second thing of him just rolling down the staircase. There's a casino fight where he fights this giant guy, and I'm like, this is what I want to see when when we get another fight between Deadpool, uh, uh Daredevil and Kingpin. Um, there's a huge fight in another one of the Continentals. That is hilarious because it starts out with them walking through the hotel and they go through this room of glass cases and you're like, oh, I know what's happening here in like yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> like, it's like Chekhov's glass case room. He's going to be thrown through everything in there at some point in the next half hour. Um, they, Donnie Yen is great. Um, but all of that is not the best part of the movie. The best two parts of the movie are the there's a sequence where they're getting ready to kill John Wick and everyone's getting these shotguns with dragon breath bullets. And what they are is they out of the shotgun, it shoots out like a, like a blast of fire. And you're like, that seems excessive. Why are they doing that? 
The reason why is because as he's going through this building, it goes to like a top-down isometric view where you're watching from above and as he's going through, it's one continuous thing of him walking around this thing and it's like you're tracking him through. And the reason why they did that was so you can see where he's shooting. Oh, uh, okay. That's so funny. you can see this giant blast out from the gun to see where he's shooting and who's shooting at him. And it is, that is such a technical feat that it, it's there. And the other thing is, this movie has my favorite line read of the year, where Donnie Yen is being talked to by whichever Skarsgård's the bad guy in this movie. I don't remember which one, because there's like seven of them, and they all look kind of the same. Um, whichever one it is says to him, like, don't forget, I have your daughter. And he just yells at him, but like, because he's blind, he's looking in the wrong direction. He's like, fuck off, like that. <laughs> like, it is the best line read of the year. Uh, but that's why that movie is so high for me. Um, I had to give the the second one, like each one I liked less and less. So I just had to give this one a chance then. Yeah, this one I think is better than I think two is the weakest. Um two is definitely the weakest. I think this is I think this is the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'll have to give it a chance then. And we'll have one more John Wick discussion later on in this because mm-hmm. there's one more John Wick thing to talk about. Not on this list, but in the in the draft. because uh, if you don't take it, I am. Uh mm-hmm. number four. This is our first one where we both picked something. Um, what? Really, we both picked the same movie? We both picked the same movie. Oh. Uh, number four, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves and Killers on a Flower Moon Tide. Because mm-hmm. we both okay. picked Killers on a Flower Moon. You picked it way down at number 10. I picked it at, what, what's the score here? There's eight, so I picked it at uh, number three. Or number two. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's do Dungeons and Dragons. I've seen that too. Let's do that one first before we get into Killers of Flower Moon. There's no good order of operations here, so let's just plow on through it. I put Dungeons and Dragons much higher up than Killers of the Flower Moon for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't put I Dungeons and Dragons at all. I, I didn't think it. this movie was going to be good until you said it was really good, and then I loved it. Yeah, it's a solid comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, And also, it has the, the best example of like a four-on-one fight scene in the third act. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we see a lot of these movies like this where it's like she could have just summoned an army of the undead and that's what they're fighting. No, it's just the four of them all fighting this one person. Yeah. Um, it's funny as fuck. Like, yeah, it's, it's so, like, the when they go to, um, uh, what's her name? But they, they go to her, like, ex-husband's house. and Bradley. Oh, yeah. That part is so funny. <laughs> it's Bradley Cooper. And, like, for, like, when I first saw it, I'm like, is that Bradley Cooper? Yeah, just <laughs> like three feet tall. Yeah. And then at the end, the payoff to that joke, too, at the end where there's the other guy who's like really tiny like that, and she looks at him and bites her lip. Yeah. <laughs> like, even her, like, she's not a strong actress, um, but she's really good in this movie. Michelle Rodriguez, that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. She's really good in this. And same like Justice Smith, I don't think is that good of an actor either. He was in mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu, but he was really funny here too. The, he was um, in Jurassic, one of the Jurassic Worlds. He was yeah. in two and briefly in three. He was, he was well, not his fault, but his character was awful in that one. Yeah, he was, he was in two and then briefly in three. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the one who gives them the information in three. That's like, all right, cool, bye. He just shows it. He's like, okay, bye. Remember we're, me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you were there. You know what they're doing, but um. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing with the, the, the sequence where they're waking the dead 
to ask them the questions, and then they have to finish that asking the so questions. Funny. Like, they're just asking, and I, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite book? Like, okay, bye. Like, and then the they forget one of them. He's like still alive at the end. Yeah, <laughs> then you wait through the credits, and he's just still there. Like, I'm still not dead. Like, um, and the thing is too, it's like this is the the world is so well made, and it's like there's a lot mm-hmm. of CG, and it looks great. Like, or even the, the the beginning when he's giving the backstory at the trial and is waiting for the guy. Yeah, they're waiting for the guy to show up. <laughs> and Hugh Grant's really good in this movie too. And Hugh Grant, I think, he has he's really good in a comedic role. Um, because he had this and he had Wonka too. He's the Oompa Loompa in Wonka. Oh yeah, I forget his Oompa Loompa. Yeah, uh, he's he's really funny in that too. But he's for a movie that hasn't made the list, we talked about a lot about Wonka. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I hope they make more of them. Um, cause it's like, it, it doesn't have to be $200 million. And I think the big mistake that we have with Paramount this year, um, is they, they had the weakest box office, mm-hmm. but arguably the strongest release slate. Oh yeah. Do you think they just released in the wrong time? Oh, they gave terrible dates for their stuff. Yeah. They released Mission Impossible right after Oppenheimer and Barbie. Perfect. <laughs> like, like you have a three-week exclusivity window for IMAX for for Nolan. You're gonna put out Oppenheimer. You're gonna put out Mission Impossible in the middle of that. Why would you do that? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like they put out Dungeons and Dragons at the end of March, which March opened with John Wick, had Creed three, and had mm-hmm. Shazam. It was yeah, full consecutive weeks of movies. It looked awful too. Yeah, that's why I didn't see it because I was like, "This looks terrible." But and, also, uh, they had one I, other. Big I thought it was like not another team movie. That's what I thought it was going to be. Is it, yeah, that it, it. I I my only thing about it that had me optimistic was was Chris Pine, and he was he's great, but he's great in everything. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, but like the the other big miss that Paramount had was they had a Transformers movie come out oh, in yes, June. Another. Another and that was that was sandwiched between the week before was across the Spider Verse, the week after was the Flash. Yeah, like what are you doing? People are definitely going to see Spider Man over Transformers. Exactly. Or and, and the Flash at the time we didn't know how bad the Flash was yet. Mm-hmm. And the Flash show building. This is the and, and the Flash was opening against Elemental. Oh yeah, that, that's why. So you, you like. What was the plan here with that release? Why would you give it that date? It, it's just it's it, it, they they made a a bunch of really bad decisions this year that led to their box office being so low when it could have been a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just were more strategic about releasing. Yeah, and Killers of the Flower Moon was probably their best release date out of all of them because they also produced Killers of the Flower Moon. That was their pro- that was the and that was only because Taylor Swift forced them to move. Yeah, <laughs> and if Taylor Swift didn't release her concert movie. Joe's and Flower Moon wouldn't have had as wouldn't have had as good a date. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie was just phenomenal. Um, I went into that with very high expectations, and it met all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed like that was another one that had a, a line in the theater that had probably the best uneasy laugh I've ever heard in a like that scene toward the end where the guy's talking to the lawyer and he goes like. So if I were to adopt these kids and then they all die, but I inherit their land rights. Yeah. And the lawyer's like, are you telling me you're going to kill these kids? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, like the, the, 
that movie is just from beginning to end a series of horrors and it's just yeah again i don't understand how people can watch a scorsese movie and always think the protagonist is the good guy like so it happens every time yeah for me so i read the book beforehand Mm -hmm. so i think it's just the way for me i just rather for movies based off of true stories I'd rather just watch, for the most part, a documentary about what happened instead of that's fair. Visualization. So for and for me, this one because a lot of his other movies are based like Goodfellas is based off a book. I think is based off yes. a guy. And then so I guess for me because I don't know the story as well, I just can keep watching Goodfellas over and over and like just accept it for what it is. Right. This one maybe because I just knew too much of the source material. Like in the back of my mind, I'm just like, well, it didn't happen like that. This is how that that, that happened. <laughs> See that that I think is probably uh, that, for that me, didn't I, impact me in that way. But so like, I I wish because the book the book's not that good. I actually don't think you should read the book. I I um, I, I don't read the time really. Yeah, the book is just is much more just about FBI and how amazing the FBI is, and it's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, the they actually didn't really do them much like the. The FBI agent shows up. He's like, "Oh, this is pretty obvious what's going on," and then it ends. And right. uh, you don't. The books doesn't really focus at all on their the husband and wife. So I really like that part of it, and that it, that's why I was like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna be good." And it is a really good movie. It's just me personally. I just like think about those little things. Yeah, well, I think Lily Gladstone's gonna win Best Actress this year. I think that's a that's a, oh, yeah. a guarantee. And, and she's fantastic in this movie. And I saw her in. I had a movie on my list that I bumped out because I didn't, similar to Sometimes I Think About Dying, where it hasn't had a Mm. wide release yet. Um, I had Fancy Dance on my list um, that I Mm. saw at Hampton Film Festival that she was in, uh, where she plays a, um, I saw this right before, I saw Clothes on Flower Moon too. She plays like this this woman who's taking care of her niece after her sister goes missing. Mm. And she's kind of like a con man kind of thing. And it's a real. She's really good in that too. And she's she's probably a like the one of the bigger unsung talents today. Um, yeah. And that ending too is just so perfect with the with when they go and it cuts to the the Lucky Stripe, uh, Lucky Strike, uh, true crime radio show, mm-hmm. and Scorsese coming up and be and and doing that where it's like. Yes, we're taking these people suffering and compart and and packaging it as entertainment, and I'm acknowledging that I'm doing that, and I'm making you complicit in that now too. Yeah, like that. It's it such was, a it genius better, ending. And it was better than just having text on the screen. Exactly. Explaining everything. It, it's such a great ending to that movie because it's it's like it doesn't excuse what they what, what it is because that's a common criticism of true crime and and things like this in general, but mm-hmm. it at least acknowledges it. In a meaningful way that a lot of other things don't. Yeah. Um, so that, and that I, one... I mean, I like I didn't read that book just for out of curiosity. I only read the book because the movie was coming out too. Right. Um, and Jesse Plemons just shows up in movies, and it's it's just like I I've never seen him in anything bad. Mm-hmm. Like he, he and he always shows up for like one or two scenes, and he's always great. And he's he was really good in Breaking Bad too. Yes, he was. Where he got to start, I think. I think he was something before that. Breaking Bad is probably his first big role, but yeah. Um, now we're back to uh, for the next for number three and number two. We have two each that we I I have not seen. I I would assume you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so number three, we have a tie between Nimona and Evil Dead Rise. Um, 
which was another one that I'm not surprised is this high up in your list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Evil Dead Rise, do you want to go first with that? Yeah, so this was, what are those, a COVID movie? Like they, I don't they, know if it was a COVID movie. I know it was, it, no, you know what it was? It was a Max movie. It was one of the movies. Was, it was going to go straight to Max. Right. There was, uh, Warner Bros. released three movies this year that were supposed to go to Max. It was that, Mad, uh, Magic Mike, and Blue Beetle. Yeah. So I went in with low expectations for this because the the last Evil Dead remake was really good, but they had, they had all these problems with the licensing mm-hmm. and like who actually owns the titles and stuff. So by the time they made this one, and I was like, oh, they're going to do it in an apartment building. And it's they kept changing all the rules of what what Evil Dead is. So I was like, this is mm-hmm. going to suck. Like I can't. That's gonna and like little kids are the main characters, and I was like, they're not gonna do anything. They're little kids, and then I was completely wrong. It was, <laughs> the, the gore is insane, and like they literally like the children are involved. They kill children in the movie. It's, yeah, I was gonna watch the movie, and then you something about a cheese grater on someone's skin, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to yeah, see this movie. Yeah, very few, very few movies at this point can make me cringe from the gore, and this one did multiple times. Yeah, there's cheese graters. Uh, tattoo guns being driven into people yeah i i was very when you when you said that at the mid-year top five i was like yeah i don't think i need to see this (laughs) yeah there's like a couple fun there and it like when you're talking about the glass cap the glass cases thing of john wick there's Mm -hmm. a there's a scene where they go down to the parking garage and there's just a giant wood chipper and it's like okay this obviously something's (laughs) gonna happen with this yeah (laughs) uh yeah i i did not see evil i haven't seen any of the evil dead movies actually um because again, not a big horror person. Um, I do own Evil Dead to eventually watch. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, yeah, they're they're all good because yeah. they're, they're all so different from each other. So that's why I think they're good. Because if you watch all the Friday the Thirteenth or all the Halloweens, they just start melting into each other. Because like, yeah, they all I've, are. Similar. The only franchise that I've seen everything in is I've seen all the Halloweens except for Halloween Three. I've seen all the Michael Myers Halloweens, and they. I, if you yeah. ask me which one any of everything happened in. Unless it's which one was Paul Rudd in, I can't tell you yeah. which one was which. Because Paul mm. Rudd was in six. Because it's a little trivia fact that he shot that before Clueless. Oh, yeah. The first movie he like shot, he but not the first right? he appeared. Yep, yeah, it came out after Clueless, but yeah. he shot it before Clueless. Um, but yeah, I, I've i only heard good things about this movie. Um, yeah, it's very good. Like, and, and again, I think I texted you about this with, when, when the Marvels bombed, where it's like we, we talk about superhero fatigue we don't talk about horror fatigue mm-hmm. because there are tons of horror movies that come out every year like evil dead rise is a massive success for warner brothers it's their most profitable movie of the year mm-hmm. it made 150 million dollars because the budget was 10 million yeah or 20 they, million. They, they could make a superhero movie for 20 million dollars and... right it, like that was the big issue with the batman if your batman movie costs 200 million dollars to make you don't understand batman <laughs> that especially if it's going to be a especially with war movie like, yeah why why was this 200 million dollars exactly it's like well the flood but you don't need the flood the flood wasn't necessary you could have cut a half hour off that movie and 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 cut yeah. the budget down by a lot like that the, you the issue is not fatigue. The issue is the budgets are unsustainably big. You got to bring the yeah. budgets down, which is why it's like there are tons of horror movies that come out every year that are just terrible. Like, oh, yeah, but absolutely atrocious. Most because, of them, I would say, are horrible. Exactly, and, and because and, and the thing is, too, I don't I don't like disparaging you know independent filmmakers or anything like that. I, I really don't like punching you know like I'll attack in, in studio movies, and that's what I'm talking about here. But you get a lot of first-time filmmakers make horror. 
because it's cheap. Yeah. Yeah, you can and, do it all in one one house. Exactly. You can like do it that. in one setting. You can do it with minimal effects. It, it, it and 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 the effect you can get, you can get at Party City. Like and if you yeah. if you shoot it right like with Peter the right Jackson camera, it looks good. Exactly. Like that's why we and and your other movie up higher than this is also a horror movie that presumably was also yes. cheap. I didn't look at the budget for that one, but presumably it was also cheap. And, and and that's what we need to they need to do with these superhero movies is bring the budgets down. And and part of that is stop with the secrecy. It's all gonna leak mm-hmm. anyway. Don't just just ignore yeah. the leaks. Because what's bringing these budgets up is the fact that they're shooting them all on sound stages or on the volume. And that costs more money than shooting practically somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is you're having these movies get inflated up to $250, $300 million budgets because you don't want anyone to know what happens. But guess what? It leaks anyway. So what was all that extra money for? Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number three was Nimona, which is an animated movie that started out at Blue Sky, um, which when it was owned by Fox. It ended up getting dropped when Disney bought Fox, and it ended up getting produced by Netflix. Um, it's about this girl who's an agent of chaos in every sense of the word. Um, she's like a demon that could transform into different animals. Um, and she's ostracized because of that. And they think she's a monster. And it's about her coming to her fact that she's not a monster and learning who she is as a person. I saw this movie. With I haven't no- added to my uh, Netflix. I just haven't watched it yet. Because I think this was my number one movie. Yeah. At the mid-year point. It is so good. The visual aesthetic of the world is so unique because it's this blend of high fantasy and also like modern technology. So it has this really cool aesthetic to it. Um, the the art style is great. Chloe uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who I haven't really like, I've seen her in Kick Ass, and she kind of brings that energy as Hit Girl to this, which is what makes it work really well. Like she got this real, like chaotic force of nature to her that that's just kind mm. of really fun to watch and reza med's great in it too he's the he's the the guy in the movie um but he's good in everything um even if he is a little annoying um but yeah nimona is definitely the the strongest animated movie of the year uh by a long shot and and that's the thing too we got we had a lot of really good animated movies this year because even elemental which didn't make my list at all elemental was mm-hmm. really good too and I had, and that was another poorly marketed movie. Because you know what it is? It's, a, it's an immigrant story. It, that, that's mm-hmm. all the story. It, it's the story of this, these people who came to a new world for a better life. And then what happens there to, to go with it? It's marketed as a romance, but it's really not. I mean, that's what it just looked like. It just looked like, uh, yeah, just very stereotypical. No, it's, it's more of an immigrant story about this girl who thinks she has expectations of her family to continue uh-huh. running the family store. Uh, but it, 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 I saw it at the New York premiere. It, it was really good. Um, number two, um, Past Lives was my pick, which is my number one pick. And your number one pick was Infinity Pool. Now, these aren't number one because our number one was picked by both of us. And I think at this point, you can use process of elimination to figure out what that one is. Yeah, I, I, oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking at it, so I know what it is, too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I did not see Infinity Pool. I wanted to see it. It's, I know it's Cronenberg's son. 
Um, yeah, yeah, Brandon Cronenberg. All of his have been amazing. His other movie, um, Possessor, is also very good. This one I liked even more than Possessor. I saw the trailer a few times. I think Mia Goth is really coming into her own as kind of a, a modern scream queen. Yeah, my only critique of her, she's very good in this movie, but my only critique of her is she's so weird and creepy the whole time that it's like, uh, why would you ever trust this person when like doing anything? Oh, okay. The, that's like the main part of the movie is that she like befriends, um, uh, what's it, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character. Right. Um, and it's like, if I was him, there's no way I would ever talk or hang out. Trust this, this woman to do anything. Yeah. But it's really good. Uh, this doesn't give away too much. It's just the basis of it, where it's this this uh, country that's kind of just made up. Um, mm-hmm. That is kind of like this older, maybe like uh, Soviet bloc country that's right. now rich people go, but it's still very poor outside of the resort. So you have to stay inside the resort. Or we call but it in America, do Jamaica. Something, yeah, basically. But if you do do something outside and break the law, they basically have this rule where you can pay enough money where they'll make a clone of you, and then whoever you wronged will get to kill your clone, um, <laughs> as like uh, to get punishment out of it. And then now, do so the then inhabitants it becomes, know it's a clone? That's so. Th- this is the part where the movie's very ambiguous, and where you can there's like different ways to view what's going on in the film too, and it's okay. very good. So that's why I like it, where it's not very. There's no clear. You could. There's a few different things you can argue about what's, who, what's going on and who is who, um, as the film just keeps going. Oh, so they don't tell you who's the quote and who's real. That's where. That's how I interpreted it. Where you, when they're getting killed, you don't know if the original people are getting killed, and then the rest of the movie are seeing clones, or are they actually killing the clones? Huh. And it's it's more disturbing than scary too. Now, does this have any gore that's gonna make me want to turn off the movie, or can I watch it on Max and not, you know? No, you can watch it, dude. It's more it's there's there's not like they're pulling out people's intestines or anything. Oh, okay, like so that. it's not like it's just, Saw or just the, or Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not really there's is a little bit of gore, but it's not that bad. Uh, there's like a lot of weird drug stuff too, and there's like hallucinations, and it's just really good. It's and it's like kind of that critique. And I'm, uh, it is definitely like a critique of rich people, but it doesn't feel as like in your face about it. Oh, okay. So and, it's not, um, it's not like Triangle of Sadness, where it's like, it's not subtle in the yeah, slightest. Yeah, it's not as that or the menu, where it's just like so in your face about it. It's, right. I think it's much better than both of these. Yeah. Um, I wanted to watch it. I don't remember why I didn't see it last. It came out in January. I forgot why I didn't see it, but I I, I was going to, and then I ended up not. Um, and then I just still haven't a, a year later. Um, I do see a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, so I will eventually check that one out. Though, uh, my number two yeah, was, really or my number one was a Sundance select movie from last year that ended up getting a wider release. I think it was A twenty four who released it. Uh, Past Lives, starring Greta Lee, um, who's getting a lot of accolades for her performance. It is a platonic romance movie. Um, it's the best way oh, to yeah, find what this is. It's yeah, about the the childhood friends who like were very close as kids, and then it's about them throughout their lives continually reconnecting and coming back together and then separating again. It is 
beautifully heartbreaking this movie and as i'm making mm. this list i said to my brother when i we look over my shoulder and i'm like this is definitely the list of someone who has clinical depression um <laughs> like but yeah it, it's just it is so beautifully done like they don't make the husband the bad guy the husband that she's married to um when when he yeah. does come back the last time like the them them breaking off that last time is so well shot like with with the two of them waiting for the cab and then her leaving him and then walking away and just breaking down when she gets back to the hut. It's th- this movie was hands down my favorite movie of the year. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it it and and it's a second straight year that we have a a Asian film or a film to come out of. No, no, everything everywhere all at once didn't come out of Asia. Mm-hmm. Asian led movie uh, yeah. for a second straight year for me because last year was everything everywhere all at once. And I think two years ago it was. Uh, Two years before that, it was Parasite. Yeah, Parasite so, really good, and that was also Korean. Yeah, so this this one was this one was really good. I think I think there's a chance Greta Lee gets nominated, and I think this is going to win Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it, it it takes the story over the course of decades and it distills it down so perfectly, and it it just it, it works so well. Um, which brings us to our number one, which is Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. which I, I think everyone kind of figured out as we went through the list and Oppenheimer wasn't mentioned yet. Um, yeah, this was your, this was my number like three. This was your number. I don't have the number for Yeah. But yeah, it is a lot of movies on this list were over three hours long. Um, and they were getting good at the art of making a three hour long movie that doesn't feel it. Um, <laughs> I, I loved Oppenheimer when I saw it. Um, yeah, this is my song in theaters, and I think I saw it in IMAX too, and I was very happy with it. I don't remember if I saw it in IMAX or not. I may have seen. Oh no, I definitely did because I saw it the same weekend I saw Barbie. So I had to. Yeah, I like IMAX, or at least where I am, because the it's a way louder theater too. Like the sound is not so much better. See, we have Dolby or IMAX, and Dolby. Mm. I don't see movies in Dolby because the guy who runs it fucks up the intro part every time. <laughs> So we end up watching twice as many intro clips because he keeps messing. He every time he messes it up, where it's like That's the AMC intros, and then there's like the Dolby specific ones that you're supposed to do instead. But he does yeah. both, and then it's like they'll do the intro ones, then they'll show all the trailers, then they'll do the regular AMC. Then they'll do all the Dolby ones, and then it ends with one that's supposed to lead into the trailers. And invariably, every time someone in the theater goes, what the fuck more trailers? Yeah, just keep it going. <laughs> like you can complain and see if you can get free movies every time. Oh, I, I, I have with, because the thing with AMC is they don't let you do the survey every time they email you if they want you to do the survey. And anytime oh, yeah. I do, I complain. I'm like, what is going on? And then it'll be yeah. fixed for like three weeks, and then it'll go back to the old way. <laughs> so I'm like, I know you're reading it, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. that Oppenheimer is so well done. Killian Murphy is fantastic in this movie. Um, so Emily Blunt's really good too. Um, yeah, I think she's gonna get best supporting actress. I think Robert Downey Jr. wins best supporting actor this year. Yeah the the reveal at the end of like the lake conversation. Oh yeah, was amazing. That the, was like the whole third act. It, it's that, so like... it's so small and simple, but that's that part for me was much better than the bomb going off. Yeah. Like the whole thing with the, you know, once you get to that third act where everything's being revealed um, mm-hmm. and everything's kind of being explained, it is, 
in the beginning, I'm like, I don't think we really need to see this. And then by the end, you're like, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. The and I, yeah, I love it. It's like they, they like bring you in and they'll give you a reward, but it's for them. It's not for you. And then that's, yeah. they show him like future going to the White House and getting the award and stuff. Yeah. And then it's like so, the, 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 the name drop of, of Kennedy, like it's the Robin reveal at the end of the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> like the, at the very end when Taron Edgerton's like, oh yeah, it was some upstart Kennedy, uh, some upstart, upstart uh, senator from, uh, from from Massachusetts, I think his name is Kennedy or something. Like, yeah. it it just felt like that thing from the end of the Dark Knight Rises. Like, why don't you go by your first name, Robin? Like mm-hmm. that part, I actually did. I don't think I like that much. <laughs> like it, too, a little bit. My biggest critique of the movie is uh, there's way too much stunt casting. Yes, where I, I will agree with that. Where it's like you, you there's like, way too many just inconsequential oh, characters that were famous people just and every single time they were turned away from the camera and then they turned towards the camera <laughs> like look it's josh peck he does not say and a he, word but and, and he and he makes that face he did in the in the in uh in in drake and josh like that squinty yeah. eye look like he him um david Barinholz from the santa claus like in that one scene casey affleck um mm. rami malik like yeah. It, it's it, it was that's the only issue if that's the only issue with the movie then that's not an issue at all like yeah exactly yeah and, like, like everything else was great and i think that they learned that they shouldn't have said as much as they did about not doing cgi that was so dumb because it was cgi like they they lied basically well not only that but when you say that much about that you end up talking your way out of a best visual effects oscar nomination because they're not on the shortlist for best visual effects. That the shortlist came out, and they did not make the list. And it's like, yeah. yeah, because you talked about how you didn't use you use practical effects. The visual effects Oscar people only consider CGI. Mm-hmm. Like you talked your way out of that. But yeah, Robert yeah, Downey Jr. is gonna win. They like purposely left out like the visual effects people from the credits to try to yeah. have, like put to make people think it was all hundred uh, percent practical. Even though yeah. there's like a scene in the beginning where he's like looking at objects like flying around the room and it's like that's clearly CGI. <laughs> like I, I have two questions for you about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um well kind of about this movie. Do you the the Oscar Rich Best Director is gonna come down to Nolan versus uh Scorsese, Nolan for his first, Scorsese for his second. Um who do you think wins mm. between the two of them? Between the, because it's for these two movies, I think Nolan should win. I, 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 I feel think this is a better. It movie. was an interesting way to tell, uh, like biographical story, like with, the way it was revealed. Yeah, um, the I non-sequential nature and all of that. Yeah, that and then for and that's the way he chose to direct it, and that's that's what the award is for, and I, so I think that's that's why well, Oppenheimer. He should get that for Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the. That, I think that that's. I think ultimately to come down to, I think Greta Gerwig's gonna get nominated for Barbie, um, mm-hmm. I, I, and the other two are kind of a toss up. I can see Alexander Payne getting nominated for the for the holdovers. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I the other, but the other two are a toss up. I think that, I think it's gonna come down to them though. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other question is, Nolan has said he wants to do a Star Wars or a James Bond. I think he would do better James Bond. I, I agree. I, I think that Lucasfilm would eat him alive, which is ridiculous. But I think Lucasfilm... Yeah, do, you, do you think they would 
they would get involved and like oh a hundred percent there's do, no yeah. way that they let him have free the free reign he would demand to yeah. to do that and 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 it, but with james it bond i think they'd be happy they'd just be like yeah make a james bond movie oh yeah like if i'm them i'm like do whatever you want he would i could see him doing like james bond is a 60s period piece in which case, really it's cool. like just do whatever you want yeah like just just have fun like and and that would be that'd be great I, I, if he like i could see lucasfilm just getting too into it and and too mm-hmm. into the nitty-gritty of like you hire Everything nolan net like, nolan do nolan mm-hmm. like but yeah oppenheimer is definitely film of the year um which brings us to looking at next year so I have our movie draft scorecard, uh, scorecard up. It is now blank. Let me see if I can share the screen. Mm-hmm. So that way, for real this time, I will share the screen if I can do that. Uh, not the share screen button. There we go. That is the share screen button. Okay. So I'm now sharing my screen. You can see how I have it set up. Um, so we will each be picking five movies with one alternate in the event that a movie gets delayed out of 2024. On top of that, we're going to be doing mm-hmm. a new thing this year. Uh, the scoring is the same. Each category has a maximum of 100 points. The Metacritic score is whatever the Metacritic score is at the end of the year. I say one week after release, but I check it all through the year and then update it as needed. Um, usually after about a week, it evens out. And that's why I said a week. But after that, it'll be, you know, whatever. Um, and that's whatever that score is. The box office point is for every $10 million earned in the theatrical run, it earns one point so at a billion dollars it'll cap out at 100 points now mm-hmm. this year we're changing it you can earn over 100 points for the metacritic score and with that we have a new rule to kind of offset what happened last year where it kind of ran away at one point um so the new metacritic scoring bonus when we pick our movie we will also be predicting what the metacritic score will be and mm-hmm. the closer we are the more points we get as a bonus so we'll use last year's Super Mario, which is a 46. Say I pick Super Mario, I think it's going to be 56 in the Metacritic. That is within 10. So the score would be 1.25 times the score. Say I predicted yeah. it would be 51. Then we're within 5. It would be 1.5 times. So 1.5 times. If I guess it exactly, and I guess 46, and it's exactly 46, then I get 2 times the score. So I will note in here whatever mm-hmm. we think the Metacritic score will be. Do you want me to get right into Dune Part 2 right now and move on from there? Yeah, I was going to be strategic and then wait till like my last round to do Dune Part 2. But you can okay. put that one in. Well, either way, you're, you're going to have Dune Part 2 in there somewhere. Um, I didn't even put it on my and list. I'll say, should I give my Metacritic guess then? For yes, what, what's, your, what's your Metacritic guess for that? I do 88. 88. I'm gonna put so I'm still for me it'll probably be one hundred. Um I I think eighty eight is a good guess because I could see that going in that range. From everything I've heard about it so far, I think you go higher. I have mm. only heard I, yeah, positive things. Um I'm going to unshare my screen so that way I can uh have my list up without it being visible. Yeah. <laughs> um because I have a list I have a list of word. <laughs> All right, I just pick whatever ones you want. <laughs> whatever your next one is, I want that. Um, so my first pick is going to be Deadpool three. That was I was going to try to be strategic this time, and that was my next one was Deadpool three. Yeah, because Deadpool three is um, what's it called? I 
allegedly this is going to be the no way home for the Fox universe, mm-hmm. um, where it's going to be saying goodbye to all of the Fox X Men characters. I'm going to guess eighty as the meta, uh, eighty two as the Metacritic. I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, because I think that it's it could be good, but I don't think it's going to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your second pick? If. If. The Ryan Reynolds children movie, the huh. Magic Your Friend ones. That is a smart choice. Mm-hmm. That was coming off of Deadpool 3. That's what made me think of it, too. Um, I'll do 70 for that Metacritic. I, I think what I think what you're doing here is you're 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 doing my pick for Mario last year. Yeah, that's what this one looks. I don't I don't even know if I'll see it, but I think it's going to do well. Yeah, I think I think it's going to make a lot of money. Um, I think Ryan Reynolds will pull. I think John Krasinski writing and directing is going to be a good a two, pull I forgot, too. I forgot that too. Yeah, it's it, that that's a good pick. I think. Um, I don't. I don't even have it on my list though. Uh, my number two, and this is another one that you probably are going to regret. Uh, Furiosa. Yep, that was one of my other ones. I was going to pick. Um, Furiosa. Um, it looks phenomenal. The best part of seeing any Warner Brothers movie in a, in a theater recently has been the one-two punch of the Dune trailer and the Furiosa trailer. Um, and I'm so confident in that movie, I'm going to say 91 is my Metacritic guess. Yeah, that one I'm definitely going to see, but I'm avoiding the trailer for now. Yeah, that yeah, if you see, see any Dune. Warner Brothers movie, you're gonna you're gonna yeah, see the Furiosa trailer. Uh, Chris Hemsworth looks just absolutely unhinged in that. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> Um, so your third pick. All right. Despicable Me 4. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I don't have that on my list either. These are, these are very popular movies. I, think. I understand. But I understand I, the I, thought process. I'm, but the Metacritic, I'm going to put it like uh, 52. That, that's, a smart, that's a smart play. Because <laughs> um, those movies are not usually well received uh, by critics, but they, they, they make, make a lot of money. money. Yeah. Um, even the sequel Me 3 came out, or Minions 3 came out during the pandemic or toward the tail end of the pandemic when the theater hadn't quite recovered yet, and it still made close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Illumination, if they have one of their big franchises, that's a solid box office poll. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three, Wicked Part 1. So like the musical? They're making, I didn't even know they're making that into yes. a movie. I, and you know what? I put it on the list too because I was like, he's going to take that. Because if there's one thing we've seen at the box office, it's movies that are designed for women to see pull a lot of money. And especially that legacy. Exactly. Like uh, Crazy Rich Asians made a ton of money. Um, What was the other big one? Barbie made a ton of money. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm not making that mistake again. Uh, But I'm going to say this is going to be a 78 Metacritic. Um, I think the part one of two is going to hurt it. Yeah. I read the book it does not even be two movies it's a very straightforward story yeah um so your fourth pick mean girls the new one coming out that that's a bad pick we'll see i think it and I, i'm gonna give it a 68 for metacritic okay let me ask a question real quick um and consult metacritic if that movie is already on metacritic then i'm gonna have to oh yeah wait yeah let me if it is i'll change did I change my answer then? Yeah, we could change it. I, 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 usually, we don't have movies that come out in January when we do this, because mm. uh, usually movies that come out in January are not very good. 
um, as True. like a rule. So uh, mean girls. Okay, I don't know why mean girl uh, mean girls metacritic. It does have a metacritic score already. Oh wait, no, hang on. Okay, that was the original. No, there is no metacritic score, so I will let that stand. All right, um, I'm gonna take it then. I think it's okay. gonna do very well. You think it's gonna make a lot of money? I do. I think a lot of people around our age are gonna go see it. Uh, my prediction for opening weekend box office would be. 40 to 50 million. Mm-hmm. We'll see that. Um, I, my issue with Mean Girls is we when we do box office, it's international box office too. I don't know if Mean Girls has the international box office pull. That's true. Oh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll it see. It's a very popular musical. It was the musical beforehand. That's true. <laughs> my, my, my fourth pick is doing a little bit of what you did. Uh, with the two kids movies, Kung Fu Panda 4. I almost picked that one, but I already, because I already did Despicable Me 4. I was like, I can't do two fours. Yeah, two animated fours. Uh, again, I think yeah. this is going to be not great. I think we're looking at a 65 uh, Metacritic. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to pull a lot of money because I know there are a few guys at work who are like in their early 20s um they are really into kung fu panda and they're really excited for this movie well um I, yeah i guess we're that just passed me by yeah because we're we're just a little too old for that but yeah. people who are younger than us it was a big deal for them so this and this the trailer doesn't look bad um what is your final main pick okay this is i'm this is gonna be my risky one i think i'm going nosferatu the uh, the guy that made The Witch is making a Nos- releasing a Nosferatu movie. I think in December of the upcoming year. <laughs> I would assume you think it's going to be like a mid eighties Metacritic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm going to do. Oh yeah. Do eighty five for that one. 85. I think that's right around probably. That movie, I think, could be. See, I think there's a definitely a a a, a what's the, uh a theory behind picking movies that are going to be well received because that's an easy metacritic and then it's just all bonus points after that um because yeah. if you get like let's say i'm right about kung fu panda and it only does 50 at the box 500 million at the box office then it kind of offsets a really high scoring mm-hmm. metacritic but i i think that like that one i don't see doing a ton of business um and also i don't know how strong of an actress lily rose depp is that is true. Well, I guess we'll, we'll have to... That's the thing that, that holds me back on that one. And I I, I do think Robert Eggers has hoses? a... Oh, no, I've seen Yoga she Hoses. Don't, don't worry. I've seen that. Um, <laughs> I've also seen bits and pieces of that, that other show she did on, on HBO last year with, with The oh, Weeknd. Yeah. That was not very good. So so I don't think I've seen... Okay. And she was also in that weird movie where she was like a furry or like... I don't know about that one. Luckily. Yeah, it was in theaters a few years ago. Uh, also, see, and that's that's kind of where it is. I, I do trust Robert Eggers. Maybe he can bring something out of her that, you know, Kevin Smith couldn't, and and maybe mm-hmm. The Weeknd couldn't. But you know, we'll see. How that he did that. discover who's playing Furiosa. I forget her name is Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, he because she one of her first big movies was The Witch. That's true. I, I do think that that's the only thing is I don't think he'd cast her if not for that my mm-hmm. final pick is one that i'm surprised was still on the board 
Inside Out 2. I didn't even know that was coming out. It My was on the list. alternative was to be someone else, yeah, or another uh, animated sequel. I think we're looking at 87 for, for Inside Out 2. Um, I think that, that's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think, especially considering what the movie is based on the trailer, it is Riley is now a teenager and she's dealing with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a new emotion in her head that's anxiety and it looks like a fraggle yeah, from Fraggle Rock and it's voiced by Maya Hawk. So that is going that's to make good. a ton of money. Yeah, that's going to do good. Yeah. What is your alternate pick? Sonic 3. That is a bold one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because my, my reason, like, I'm pumped for Sonic 3 to an unhealthy degree. Because that movie is going to be Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, the post credit scene for Sonic 2 led into Sonic Adventure 2. Like, how the post leads into um, All the President's Men. Oh, all, all the President's Men, yeah. Like... I, I I am fairly certain that movie's going to be good. The only thing is, I don't know if it hits its release date. Well, it's, it's your alternate, so it's not a yeah. huge deal. I guess, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. Um, and, and the logo for it has the Sonic on top, Shadow on the bottom, like the Sonic mm -hmm. Retro 2 logo had, so I'm like, they know exactly what they're doing here. Um, it, Especially it's getting, for Sonic fans. Exactly. It's they hitting all the right parts them. of the Sonic autism in my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, what's your Metacritic guess for that, and why is it in the mid to low forties? I was about to. I was going to say thirty-seven for that one. <laughs> thirty-seven. All right. Uh, my alternate pick. Um, I was going to do the four thirty movie, um, but I don't think we can really count that because um, they don't report box office from that. Um, oh, that's, okay. that's Kevin Smith's new movie, where most of the money comes from the road show they do. Um, yeah. So it'll get a Metacritic, but it won't get a box office. My alternate's gonna be Joker too. I almost, I was so, I, yeah, that's a good one. I was, that was the one I was hesitant about taking. And the reason why it's an alternate is because uh, Joker two, I think the issue is going to be, um, it's a musical. I think it's gonna be really affected by early reviews. Exactly. Like, I, I think if people are like, this isn't that good, I think it's just gonna bomb. Yeah, I don't think people will see it, and, and I don't know it. Like the the audience that Joker resonated with is not going to resonate with a musical starring Lady Gaga. Yeah, it's not going to attract the same. And I, I don't know if just Lady Gaga being in it is enough of a draw because she's right. an American Horror Story, and she's she's awful in American Horror Story. And she um, was really good playing basically herself in A Star Is Born, but she wasn't very yeah. good in like House of Gucci. Exactly. Yeah. So she's so I, it's going to be weird. I think. Did you have any others that you didn't pick on your list? Because I had a few that were alternates in the event that you picked any of mine. I did uh, Godzilla Kong. That was on mine uh, toward the bottom. Was, I have a, I have a, the trailer I for that looks absurd, but I'm here for uh, it. Ghostbusters. Oh no, that wasn't even a blip on my <laughs> Alien, radar. Alien Romulus. Oh yeah, that's that that could be good. Um, Isn't that Noah Hawley who did that? The guy who did uh, Legion on FX. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 to the MCU. I pretty much like all of the Alien movies. I know a lot of people hate them, but I, I like all of them. But I don't think I don't know if it will do well because the last few have not done very well. I think it'll do well at the box office because it kind of has, is running unopposed for a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I had Venom three. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. Venom three, I think is, and 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 what better movie for post election day than than Venom three? Um, Gladiator two. Oh um, yeah, that uh, Civil War maybe. I don't think Civil War is going to make back its budget. Not and, and I think that the, I think um it's going to be too centrist. So no matter where you fall in the political spectrum as a critic, it's going to not go far enough in having, like, if you're going to make a movie called Civil War and have it be about an American Civil War, you have to take a stance. Yeah. Like, you can't be apolitical about that. You have to pick one side or the other to tell the story from that perspective. And based on the map of the United States, it seems like he's not taking a stance. Yeah, it seems to be as they're trying to make it as neutral as possible. Which is but not you, gonna work for what this movie has to be. Yeah, and then there wouldn't be if it was like that. There wouldn't be a civil war. Like, exactly. It was just, like the, the the line that they're drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And a quiet place day one was another one that I had on my list. Oh yeah, I I I'm like a truther about those movies. I do not like those movies. <laughs> I think they're so great. Yeah, I I've I think they're so dumb. I've seen the first one, and on a technical level, I was impressed by the first one. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like it's not a silent movie, and that's the big thing is that it's not a silent movie. It's it's a movie with no dialogue, so it still is a matter of keeping the set quiet and doing all of that, which is a which is a technical yeah. achievement. But beyond that, I wasn't <laughs> super impressed by it. Um, mm. This year's, but I think the big thing about this year's lists are that there's not as many big franchises to fight over. That is yeah, in the way that was last year. That is true. Yeah. Like we had four kids movies, and then like art house horror, Dune. Mm-hmm. And because and I guess I Dune is like one of the bigger franchises. Yeah, which is weird to say. It's like, and it's just a sequel. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I think that like I think the biggest movie of the year. If if a movie is gonna break a billion this year, it's gonna be Deadpool. Hmm. I don't think there's any other movie that has the potential even to break a billion dollars at the box office this year. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, uh, and I think the other issue with Sonic and why did you put it as your alternate, I would have tried to talk you out of it if you put it as one of your main picks, is that because it's coming out so late in December, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have its full box office number till after we call it for next year. Yeah. Because it comes out like the 20th of December, so you'd have, you'd have 10 days for it mm-hmm. to make a theatrical run. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, either way, I I don't I don't Hopefully think it's get delayed. I don't think. Yeah. I don't... If it's, I mean, Mean Girls is next week. Um, mm. if is in like two months. Dune's in two months. Despicable Me is early summer, and Nosferatu I think is also December. Yeah, that was uh, December, but I don't think that would get delayed. Uh, no, no, no. I think at this because they're shooting it now, so that, yeah. that that'll be done. Um, and I don't think any of mine are going to get delayed at this point. Because now that the strikes are done, unless there is the animation, no, even the animation guild wouldn't affect mm-hmm. movies going on strike this year. It would only affect next year. Um, so we're good. We, I don't think we're going to have any delays, but we still have the offsets just in case. Um, do you have any predictions for 2024 before we wrap up for the day? Um, no, there's nothing really, I guess, that I can think of. I think we're looking at a big Comic Con this year. That's my big prediction. Oh, okay, yeah. That guy, I'm horrible at keeping up with that kind of stuff, or like what might be happening with this. Yeah, I think we're looking at a big Comic Con because of the strikes. I think we're looking at um, 
big CinemaCon, big Comic-Con. I think we get a Deadpool trailer uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think Super Bowl could be a big trailer day in general. Because I could see them putting out a, a new footage of Dune. Um, yeah, I hope so. A new That's, Furiosa trailer. There's no really good commercials anymore during the Super Bowl, so I yeah, I think. See, that's the thing is that I remember. I think I talked to you about it. Like the Oscars should do that, like how the Game Awards have all the trailers for new games coming. Like the Oscars should just have like here's all the movies coming out this year because you're a vested interest audience anyway. So um, yeah, if you're watching Oscars, yeah. So I think that I think we're looking at a lot of big stuff because Marvel delayed all their stuff to next year, with the exception of Deadpool three. Everything else is coming next year. Star Wars, we're going to get, I think we start production on the new Jedi Order movie this year, and Celebration is going to have video from set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to get a big Hall H panel from Marvel and DC. Yeah. I think both of them are going to come out and be like, look, we understand things have gone to shit in the last few years. We're writing the ship. Gunn's going to come out. He's going to bring the big guns, no gun, no, no pun intended. He's going to be like, here is the cast of Superman. Here is, you know, uh, here is what we're doing. Here's casting for for Batman. Here's mm-hmm. casting for Lanterns. And and here are release dates. Here we're, we're setting concrete dates and things. Marvel's like, look, we overexpanded. We're cutting back. Here are the projects we're cutting back. Here's the release slate for the rest of phases five and six. We're sorry we fucked up. Here's everything else that's coming. And then Sony's just going to do their best to sink the genre before any of this happens <laughs> because they got Madam Web and Craven and, uh, and Venom 3. Craven looks so bad. Yeah, my cool. favorite part of Craven the Hunter is when he has lion's blood that lets him talk to animals like Eliza Thorne. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Famously, lions can speak with every other animal. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think we're looking at a good year in terms of announcements, and I think that again the strikes totally screwed everything up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it worked out for everyone except for the studios, so it's it a good thing. Who cares? It's exactly, they they have enough money. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. Um, you're definitely coming back for the Dune episode. We we got to do a post Dune Part Two episode in March. Um, yeah, it could be I come if they mess it up. There's a chance it's messed it's messed up, and I come back enraged. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, I I've only heard po- anyone who has seen Dune who has spoken about it um, has has been like no, like Villeneuve is completely right. This movie is bigger and better than the last one. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, Villeneuve was not trailer, It seems like that they they did a, did a good job restraining themselves. I think in the first one to set up everything and yeah. Now it's going to be like the finale. Oh yeah, that 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 trailer they're airing now, where it's him when when he uses the voice on on the Benny Gesserit woman. Every oh, yeah, time I get chills. That's, that was my favorite part because that's that in the book that's exa- almost exactly how it's like represented. It's perfect. Yeah, and uh, even in the David Lynch one, they do it very well. Um, that, that movie is going to be like that's going to be a, next year. I will I will call it right now. That's going to be our number one movie. I feel like. When we yeah, do this I think next so. year. I'm obviously biased, but I think it will. Yeah, I don't. I, th- I think it's gonna be that and Furio is gonna be battling for number one. And they did um, announce they're making Messiah too. It's just it's yes, like not 2027. They 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 want to let it ruin age. Yeah, because it, it it's Villeneuve is doing Rendezvous with Riva before that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna read that before. Yeah. That. How would you feel about him doing Thor four in between as well? I would, guess that, would that bring you back, or Thor Five? Would that bring you back into Marvel to see Denny Villeneuve? I'll probably watch. Yeah, give it a chance. Just <laughs> he, he, I watched Thor 
three, I think. I think I might have Ragnarok was the one. The the last one you can skip. The last one was awful. Yeah, Ragnarok watched. That was good. Yeah, Love and Thunder was a shame because it's like they do the same thing where this direct this director did a pretty good job. Okay, let's give him free reign to do whatever he wants, and then yeah, then, no, that was a bad. There had to have been some constraints on him for Ragnarok. They're, like, yeah. there's no way they let him go full Taiko on that one. And oh god, but we'll be back with that in the near future. And I feel like we're also going to be doing Mad Max. I feel like you're going to want to come back to Mad Max. Oh yeah, yeah I love all the Mad Max movies. Those, those movies are fantastic, and this is going to be another one. But we'll be back with that later on in the year. Uh, Josie couldn't be with us today because she had to work because of the snowstorm, um, because she lives north of the Arctic Circle. Um, yes. <laughs> Christ. Uh, but we'll be back with that. Uh, until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.